Pyro Podcast. Let's get together and drink all night. Pyro Valverde. Give thanks and praise to Pyro, and you will win your league. Let's pop the birdies and drink all night. Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 27 of the 2015. I don't even, it's not even off season, it's uh, preseason. Awesome. Uh, getting close. <laughs> this is show 191, and we're going to be talking about how effed your competition is going to be after all the hours that you've been listening to the Pyro Podcast for the last year or four. And that's what it is. Your competition is effed. So, it's going to be kind of a a bunch of subjects where we're going to do a bunch of mailbags from our users on Facebook. We're going to get into those in a minute. But first, let me introduce everyone to my left, Houdini. I've got Stag Party across the way. Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And um, what's up, Smellus? It's been... uh, it's only been a week since we've done this, but it, it kind of feels longer than usual, doesn't it? It does. I, I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> it feels painful, I know, for all the, uh, the the stinking injuries that keep happening in the preseason. Here. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about my pain. I think, oh, that's why yeah. it's, I think that's why it feels a little longer. There you go. I have not been able to walk for like like three, four days. I finally was able to get up and, and put some pressure on my feet. My, my calves are still burning. I ran this Savage Race thing. It's like one of those... Uh, uh, mutter, what, what, tough mutter type things, yeah. like six and a half miles, twenty five obstacles. Did it with my brother. He he uh, he got it for us like three four months ago. I'm like, cool, that's that's awesome. Closer it got to it, and the more I studied, I'm like, dude, that's good. What the fuck are you doing to me? This is, <laughs> this is terrible. 
Um, barely worked out for it, barely ran for it, uh, but I made it through, and I, uh, it was great. It was. <laughs> I feel like shit, but it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. You finished, what, 7 out of 90 in your age yeah. bracket? Yeah. Not yeah. bad for Congrats. a guy that uh, doesn't really ever run. So yeah. we know you're a great athlete, but uh, good stuff. Hope your body holds up during this podcast. You're always kind of contorted and moving around anyway. So yeah. it should be a special show in some of your seating arrangements. You got it. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, I, I think I know what your secret was. They also practice by drinking the urine of a ram. The, the what? They drink ram's piss. Because of the pH balance? No, because if you can drink ram's piss, fuck, you can drink almost anything. <laughs> she said, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. That's a good, yeah. Good stuff. Well, obviously, let's start quickly, um, just high level, and then we'll get into some mailbacks, but obviously couple big injuries uh, in the past week. I think Calvin Benjamin happened after our last podcast. Maybe that day before. Maybe we, we talked about that last week. Uh, I, I don't remember so, if, we, if we talked about it or not, but that was obviously a big one. He's, he's out, and then obviously the huge one, the devastating one, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Jordy Nelson on a non-contact uh, play uh, is down. ACL gone. Speaking of which, I was at the ESPN Fantasy Football Convention here in Chicago on Saturday. And Stefania Bell had this entire, you know, half-hour segment where she showed previous injuries. And they showed, uh, you know, an ACL injury, like four different ones. They showed the Kelvin Benjamin one. They showed, uh, you know, all others pretty much from the wide receiver position that have happened the last couple years. And there's always just a common theme. A guy is decelerating and contorting at the same time, and his ACL is gone. I watched the play live. And I knew Jordy Nelson was out for the year. And yeah. I knew right then at 1.30, I knew he's done for the done for the year, and my draft was at 2.30. And then Twitter took over and destroyed. He still ended up getting drafted in like the third round of my really? draft. Wow. It was a guy wow. who was uneducated and you know hasn't done any studying. But you know, we were drafting pretty much during the game. Like we started during the game at like halftime. So you know, it's definitely one of those things where if you're not on Twitter and you're not getting the breaking news like everybody else is, you're going to be pushed back a little bit, especially with all these games happening this weekend and many people having their drafts. This so w- which round were you able to get Devontae Adams? I got him in the seventh. There you go. Wow. That's a bonus. That's real nice. That's real nice. Well, it's true. Oh, Twitter, yeah, nice. Twitter is the most immediate... <laughs> Twitter is by far the most immediate source for news. Uh, I mean, there's just so many people you can follow, and actually we'll be putting that up, up as a piece in the resource toolbox of Pyro Pro. We'll talk about that whole dealio later, but uh, Houdini's worked on it, a number of people worked on it, but we're going to get that into the system here. So thinking about all these injuries, though, you know, the buzz on uh, that I've been hearing around today is they're saying every, t- every year this happens in the preseason. Why not just make the games count? Why not just start with having an 18-game regular season? So what's the argument? I mean, they, they've shortened camps. They used to be able to have – they used to have two-a-day practice. I think when Dave Wanstead was the head coach of the Bears, I want to say during his time when they were in uh, – what was it, Platteville when they were at that point in time yeah. – that they had about 96 practices when the Bears now have like 32 practices. Yeah, very, very different, obviously. Um, but, I mean, we, we've talked about it – Ad nauseum. I mean, the, the players just get, they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And whether it's a hit on the field or just a, this, you know, what happened to Jordy, that stuff is happening more and more often. 
and especially to positions that take the contact, such as a, a running back. Uh, wide receivers, I guess, uh, with the legs, it, it, that's just bound to happen one way or another. But it's the quarterbacks, it's the running backs. Those guys take the most contact, and they're, they're bound to get injured. You've got to cut back on the practices. I think you cut back in the preseason, and I don't know if you even have to expand the regular season to do it. I think you should maybe just cut back on the on the preseason games, even if it's just one. They're not going to cut back. They're not going to leave it the same. It's called money. No, it is. If, the if you're money started thing. earlier, then you might as well cash in on it. And plus, as a season ticket holder, it's it's really annoying when you have to buy, you know, the ten game home package, which includes two preseason games. Whoop de do. No one no one cares about preseason football. Good point. You know, and only if you're lucky and you're in a place like Chicago, you can still sell them, you know, to somebody. But if you're in Jacksonville or whatever, you're not... Tampa you're not, Bay where it's half full. <laughs> oh, no, there, there's... First yeah. home start of his career. It was only half full. Yep. Wow. Nobody cares about preseason. Well, the yeah. thing is, I, I, the players have always said that they didn't want 18-game seasons. They said that was too much. Wait, that's just too much to go through. 16 was enough. 16 is enough, to be quite honest. You throw them out there for 18, there's going to be... Made, not just major injuries, but possible, I, I mean, I don't want to say deaths, but I mean, there's been a death here and there way back in the day and stuff, but that's, I'm telling you, 18 I, games with these guys this big, it's too much. I, I think if you're going to end up keeping all 20 games, including the preseason, what's going to end up happening is that not a single starter is ever going to play in a preseason game again. They will maybe play in one for a couple of series, but they'll go hard. They'll do bet in the more in practice just to get their timing and stuff down, and they'll get away from the actual playing in those preseason games because stuff like this is killing teams. I, I yeah, but I, I don't think that uh, that people are gonna get more hurt because they're playing more games. You're just playing. The problem is when you're playing in preseason games, not everyone's playing at the same speed and everything either. When you were in high school and you were on a, on a team, did you play a preseason schedule before you start when you started playing? No, you just practice and then you then you played. You opened in a tournament or you opened somewhere. There was an exhibition. I mean, you got maybe you got a little maybe you get a fluffer. You get a fluffer like they do in college football, but you don't get a you don't get a preseason game. When are we getting a fluffer for the Pyro Podcast? (laughs) I was more worried about when we're getting a blowjob girl. That is what the fluffer. I don't know. Worry maybe doesn't know. I think that might be a little past my age bracket. Hey, look, fellas, I wish I could give you a deal here, but my pimps are real ball-like, you know what I mean? So it's $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? <laughs> if you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. I got $4. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get... The last thing I do want to say on that Jordy Nelson injury is that I've been beating this drum for all offseason for the last four or five offseasons. Get the fourth Packers wide receiver. It always works for you. Always, if you drafted Janice or you drafted Montgomery, you're a happy man right now. For sure. Period. All right, well, we asked today uh, for a bunch of qu- fantasy football relevant questions. Keep them somewhat simple. Give us background in your leagues, and we got a, a, a bunch of them. So we're going to start out this show by doing um, a you know mailbag um, and get it going. So Travis Reniker. Uh, oh, he had a previous question. Okay, so Forte McCoy type. Oh, jeez. I, I don't understand that one. Forte or McCoy type start with uh, Hopkins, uh, Vincent Jackson, Air, uh, Aaron Ro- uh, Allen Robinson at wide receiver, or a Dez AJ start with Spiller, Jonathan Stewart, V. Jackson, a 12-team PPR. 
He says, I see depth at wide receiver making two stud running back look good, and then mid-level guys like Vereen, Woodhead, Yeldon can be gathered and pieced together uh, and go stud wide receivers. What do you think? Huh. Wait, so, RB, way RB, to make it simple. RB, 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 or wide receiver, wide receiver. Wow. That's, and it sounds like right. he's drafting at the backhand half right, of the so draft. Yeah, I go wide receiver, wide receiver, because I'll tell you what. Yes, there is a lot of depth at wide receiver, but the limit of, of the top-end talent at the wide receiver, it's now that you've lost Jordy, it's down to about eight receivers. So It's always been eight. <laughs> now you just replace Cobb with... <laughs> well, yeah, he's including his Mike Evans. In uh, I don't. <laughs> no, don't that, do that's it. That's fine. Especially with the tweak and... I understand. And, you know. I understand. But I, I, think, I think they're both wrong. I, I think you go running back wide receiver. I think you take one of each. You take a top end of both. Uh, especially when it comes to PPR. There's guys to be had at both positions later on that will fill out. The, you don't need two studs at that one position and sacrifice the other position at all. You can get a stud at both and be just fine. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what I did. I drafted a 10th and a 12-team PPR, started out C.J. Anderson, and went back around with Odell Beckham Jr. There and you go. That, that way, in the third round, I could just take my highest-rated player. If you know Lamar Miller fell to me, I could take Lamar Miller. No. If you know DeAndre Hopkins was the best player available, I could take DeAndre Hopkins and feel good about it. So I like that. It gives me a lot of flexibility in the third round, and then I can do anything I want for the rest of my draft. Exactly. I, I would much rather go into it knowing I have a stud at running back and a stud at wide receiver as opposed to having two studs at one of those positions when there's at any point any of them go, could go down as we saw last year the whole AP situation Monty Ball sucked and all the, all the injuries and all the stuff that happened at running back I wouldn't I could not go two running backs that's just not something I could do you want one at each position I, I wouldn't want to go into my league starting uh, who do you say uh, Jonathan Stewart as my number one running back or uh, who do you say? CJ Spiller or Jonathan Stewart uh, just I don't know who were the, who were the, top, who were the two running backs Forte and McCoy and McCoy. See, now, you talk about like, with Mike Evans. I'm scared of McCoy right now. With, with, with <laughs> I'm scared of Forte. <laughs> and I'm scared of Forte too. But that's why I'm saying I, I go wide receiver, wide receiver because the trend is that the top running backs fail more often than not. So, and especially when you're talking about guys that have, both have a lot of tread on them, that's why I'm, I'm willing to take a chance. And if I can get two stud wide receivers there, I'll, I'll, I'll keep mixing and matching because you know what? As you know. If you play the waiver wire smart, you're able to find the C.J. Andersons from last year and, and have them on your team. So they're That's always true. out there to be to be found. Here's the thing. Is it that the top running backs fail, or is it that the guys we fluff up and claim that they are now the top running backs fail? Like the Gio Bernards, the Monty Balls, the guys who haven't done it before that we put up on a pedestal. Is it those guys that are more likely to fail, or is it you know the proven performers who do it year after year? It's it's the change of the position. You have to remember, everybody you know is still finally you know they're all the rest of the, the fantasy pundits of world is coming out of the fog of being in a running back heavy uh, society. You know it used to be when you had your your twelve team draft in my league, ten picks at minimum, sometimes eleven were running backs. But that was also back in the day when you had teams that did never bailed on their running back, and they had one guy that was their main guy, and there was still there was I don't know how many guys you, you had back in like 1991, 90, 95, 98 that were getting 250 to 275. Sometimes, or probably a lot of them were getting over 300 carries 
on like 12 backs. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, no, now it's like with... three or four or five, you know? Oh, so. yeah. Uh, who were the two wide receivers that he was throwing out Des there? Des and AJ, so I think AJ agreed. I like Des and AJ. I'd be happy with I, that. I does. I mean, my guess is that he's the back end of a 10 to 12, to how many teams? 12 team PPR. 12 team, 12 team PPR. He's, Did he say that? Yeah. He's yeah. the way back of the of the 12 team PPR. My guess is that Des probably won't be there for him. He could maybe get... Uh, Maybe Calvin. Yeah, maybe maybe Calvin and... and uh, well, that's assuming that you're going to have Antonio, who's probably going to go first because of it's PPR. Yeah. Then you're going to have, you know, I would imagine that Dez probably goes second because he's got a higher PPR value than Julio. And then, uh, but, but he might get Julio though. So I mean, that's 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 that's. No, kind I don't of think he gets really any of them. And the, 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 yeah, back into the. Oh, yeah, those, you those think all those guys are gonna? Yeah. Yeah, I think Calvin maybe no, the one that slides. Calvin O'Dea, Demarius, Demarius, Demarius has been. Right he's there. consistently going. I, I, all my friends that have been doing drafts, he's like nine to eleven is yeah, where he's going. Yeah. That makes sense. It's 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 a really close call. I would either go running back, wide receiver. If not, I would. Tend towards the wide receivers. I like that running back wide receiver as well. I think you, with that foundation, you're able to stack uh, three, four uh, wide receivers, three, four running backs uh, in you know consecutive later rounds, what have you. And uh, to have those studs is a really, really important anchor piece for these positions. Uh, let's add, let's answer your second question, Travis, and that is also does taking Lucker Rogers early in a six point pass league gain an advantage by not needing a backup, thus gaining a roster spot late for lottery tickets to play out? Uh, I, I'm not sold on the six point TD really changing the whole dynamic and landscape uh, for those top guys or any quarterback in general. Um, so I, I don't really think Luck Rogers at very um, very early, unless, like we said, it was in the third round. If they crack that third round zone, then we're into them. Um, I just think you need those running backs and wide receivers, or like we said, the last piece. Excuse me, um, one of each. It, it, <laughs> it, it, the the, the six-point TD it, it helps. It it does help. Um, the, the not having a backup of Rodgers, I think, is wrong. Um, I think he's, he's starting to become a little more brittle, and I don't think, I think with the loss of Jordy Nelson, it hurts him a bit. I mean, I, I, I looked at a bunch of his games that he played without Jordy Nelson a couple of years ago, and Jordy was out for a few games, and he did just fine. Uh, like three TDs, four TDs, four TDs. He, he can throw to anybody. That's not the biggest problem. But when you're talking about a guy like uh, Aaron Rodgers, who throws that many touchdowns in the mid-40s without throwing interceptions as well, it definitely makes a difference. I don't. It's tough to go. It's still tough to go early on those on those QBs. I have a tough time doing it. I mean, the only thing I think is, no, you don't, because you're not backing up a quarterback anyways. Like you're not gaining an extra roster spot. You're not backing up any quarterback unless it's Sam Bradford in a you know twelve teamish league. What's the point? Well, I mean, Sam you can, get, pro- you can I mean, get replacement value off the waiver wire anytime you want. I like you just for trading reasons. Last year I got. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, in the 11th, and I traded him for Lamar Miller. I like grabbing. If there's value in that in that 10, 11, 12 zone, and there's a good quarterback that you like, I like it for backup's sake and peace of mind. If I've got luck, I don't really feel like I need it. There's other players like Eli that I feel are guaranteed 16 games, but I'm not scared to take one of those uh, backups top 10, 12 QBs if they're lasting late, because I'm telling you, something happens and someone's doesn't have a QB, you've got a, a nice asset because you've already got your stud before then. It's true. Not going to work every year, but sometimes it does. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to uh, Walter Jara. 
Have you liked a team that drafted Gronk with their first pick? I haven't. A follow-up on tight end. Did Greg Olson jump up to the number two tight end with Benjamin out for the season? I just finished our uh, you know updated collective tiers. Uh, we're going to put out a new version of the draft kit. Uh, sort of. We're going to put out a new tiers page. Uh, and we'll also do a quick update of the depth chart for you. And that'll be out tomorrow. Because I, we know a lot of the drafts are tomorrow night, uh, Friday, at the beginning of this weekend. It takes a lot of work to do a whole version update, and we really need to see the week three games to give you the best information. So we're just kind of giving you the the tears that you want to see after this Kelvin Benjamin, after this Jordy injury. Uh, they kind of happened right after the days we put out our last version. So basically, to answer the question, he well, jumped hold on. up before to, to jump on what you were saying. Sorry. Um... You know, buy that draft kit. So we got version 5 came out last week. This is a supplemental 5.2. We're coming out with a version 6 next week, like Stag said. That'll be a more robust um, update. Buy the thing now. It's 20 bucks. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy how many we've been selling. Thank you very much for those of you that are supporting it and buying us. Those of you that have bought it, most are probably blown away. Everyone seems to be so happy with it. And uh, great work, guys. All of us. Just awesome piece. Go out and pick it up if you haven't yet. We're selling them a lot. It's not too late. You'll get version 6 automatically with it. So make it happen. Uh, go to, on with what you're saying. To, the average of everybody is even. It's 2.75 for Jimmy Graham and 2.75 for Greg Olson. We'll, we'll still probably, you know, we'll talk about it. Break that tie and figure it out before we put out our final version of the rankings. But Graham with that touchdown upside would still be my guy. Actually, he's not my guy at number two because that's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I, my answer to the question is no, I have not liked any team that I've seen that takes Gronkowski in the, in the first round. Uh, that's the first part of the question. And I would suggest going, I would not do that. I mean, it's... Much of the upside is there. Um, I just I don't like what the situation is right there in, in New England right now. They have injured receivers. Brady's suspended for four games. Um, Gronk is due for another injury. And, yeah, I mean, he could put up really, really intense stats for you, but I just don't, I just don't see the follow-through coming through this year. Um, it's not worth going in the first round for him. The rest of your team ends up looking like shit. Uh, to get to the second question, can, can I, I do not think. Can, can, I, can I just jump in real quick on the on the first part so we don't have to go back sure. to it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm seeing a lot in drafts though that Gronk's not going in the first round. I see him going in the second round. So, you know, which makes it, I think, a little bit more interesting because, you know, you're right though. He's he he, he suffers a little bit when it's Tom Brady not playing, but. Who's to say that Tom Brady's not going to play? This thing is still held up in the courts. I'm really telling you, I think this is going to get kicked down the road. Tom Brady is still going to be start the season. It's going to be what happened to, to Jeremiah Ratliff here in Chicago. He's getting suspended for the first three games of this season for something he did back in 2013. Now that was a DUI. That's a whole different story. Yeah, they but are, just held they're up expediting and, this. They're, they're trying to get this thing done. And I know that, I, I think that one way or another, they're going to get this thing settled whether it's right before the season or during the season one way or another i think that the, their final decision is going to be he's suspended for four games that's it sorry really yeah i, I really think it do. gets reduced it, it, it can't it's so autocratic it's ridiculous the thing is i don't think it can get reduced anymore like what are their options that they're now in a court system it's either thrown out and say you got to remove the suspension 
or it's four games, right? Like, is there... I guess they could still go back and say, well, all judge, right, Tom, it's just two. You know, they but could Roger settle, can't do that. But Roger can settle out of court, but Roger won't. And that's the thing. It well, can be the, reduced, the judge but it won't. He has, to, he has to admit fault. He the has judge to admit. is forcing them to continue to talk. So the judge is trying to make them come up with an agreement that they'll agree to, which is not going to happen because of everything that you guys are just saying exactly. right now. But... Then it goes to the judge, and the judge the judge can decide to reduce the sentence. He did it for they did it for Adrian Peterson and all these other cases. Ray Rice. So so back to Gronk. Gronk is basically a top eight to ten wide receiver. So if you're drafting him like that, then I have no problem with it. He gets a little bit of a bump because of the position, you know, scarcity. But he's basically an eight to ten wide receiver. So if you're drafting him in the middle of the second round, I, I don't see a problem with it. There is a lot more value in the second than there is in the first. I don't like any team I've seen where he's the first overall pick. The maxi, a good season for him is 200 points. If he blows up like he did a couple of years ago, he can get more than 200. Likelihood is he gets under a 200, and he's more in the 180 zone. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that value in the middle of the second round, uh, especially with so much depth at the tight end position. And knowing how late people start taking him. It's not like the people are really taking wide, other than your boy Kelsey, and not even Olsen. Olsen isn't going that early. Uh, so, let's move on to the next question. I mean, but let's let's continue on that Greg Olsen part. Yeah, because I, I, I do have something to say about that. Okay. Um, I think that it's a general thought in people's minds that when there is a severe injury uh, to somebody else, that, every, that the other people get boosted one way or another. I think that uh, that's true to an extent... But I don't believe it's true in this Carolina offense. The Carolina offense doesn't allow for one guy to all of a sudden get boosted all the way up to, you know. I mean, number two for, for Olsen is, is way extending it. He's not the type of guy who scores 10 touchdowns. He's not the type of guy that breaks a million tackles. He's not the type of guy who uh, will outrun everybody. He's, just, he's a really good tight end who is in a system that doesn't have a lot of receivers. Yes, but even with the Kelvin Benjamin there, it's it's six to one half a dozen the other. He's going to put up basically the same stats no matter what. I don't think that this injury all of a sudden boosts him into Gronk territory or even Jimmy Graham territory. I mean, he's never been a touchdown guy. Um, they already. I mean, if they want, if they're down there in the red zone, first of all, it's Cam Newton first. Second of all, it's the tallest guy out there, which is Funchess now. And, and I don't want to say if Funchess isn't going to do what Benjamin did. But he's going to be an option out there as a as a red zone guy and a touchdown guy. I just don't see Olsen's stats boosting that much where I put him over either Graham or Kelsey at this point. Well, I'm the biggest Olsen supporter here, so I've always been the highest on him. But I'll say this. I Before the Benjamin injury, I had expected him to see a reduction. He had, over the last four years in Carolina, he's just seen his production as far as targets and yards increase each year. And then it was the perfect storm was for last year where he had a rookie wide receiver and they had nothing because the cupboard, everyone left. And he had a great year, but only 1,008 yards. So, but I think it was like 134 targets. 23. Well, also, not to, not to mention, Newton was injured. Right. Basically for the first 8 to 10 games, it wasn't running at all, so he'd have to be passing. So, then you go into this season and you have Funches who's going to be brought into the offense. Now, actually, I think... I think he increases a little bit. I, I think he's probably going to see his targets go up by 10. I think he's probably going to see, you know, yardage I think is going to still be right around the same. He'll, I think he eclipses 1,000, but not by much. And touchdowns, six, 
Maybe here, seven on the high. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We could just talk about the max we think Olsen can get, and it's still not number two tight end. It's, okay, he gets 140 targets, he probably catches 90 passes, yeah? Maybe 1,100 yards, yeah? At most. And, nice. Yeah, right? And eight touchdowns at, at, at most. most. At I mean, most. Exactly, that's the most. Still like, not number two. That's still not number it's two. Still that's number it. Two. I agree. That's. I mean, that he could beat out Kelsey. It's possible, or he could beat out. Well, Kelsey Graham, I guess. I don't know. I, one or the other. But him and Kelsey are very similar because they don't have the touchdown production that you get from Jimmy Graham and you get from from Gronkowski. That's the difference. True, but we've seen what Olsen could do before. Kelsey has an upswing to his his whole game at this point, and he's going to be more of a focal point in the offense. Last year, he didn't, he didn't even play a ton of snaps. You know, I mean, especially in the first like four or five weeks, or at least eight weeks or something. Supposedly, he didn't even know the offense very well. Still. Well, he's got protection in the offense too now. Exactly. So I think he's he's definitely on the upswing. All right, nice work, uh, Stephen Wilt. Uh, better value ADP wise, Devonta Adams or Randall Cobb. Also, if you would projections for each stag party. Here's the thing: Can you ever really, you know, exceed value of a second rounder? Like, it's hard. To you know, gauge this. I like them both where they're being drafted. I think Devontae Adams' current ADP in the last four days is like middle of the fifth round. Yeah, thirty-fifth wide receiver, ninety-sixth overall, and that's according to this is on Fantasy Pros. From yeah, that's changed a little bit over the last four days, though. Like they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't have, have the timing aspect. Yeah, it's it's really like good. wide receiver twenty five. Last or update today, eight twenty six. Yeah, but that's but still takes a combined a over all off season. Okay. If they could do it just like week to week, uh, that'd be great you to can see. Use fantasy like football calculator week. for that. But uh, yeah, go go ahead and check that yeah, out. Okay. Um, obviously, I think no matter where the ADP is at this point, I think that Devontae Adams is the better um, value at this point. Uh, no matter where he is, I, I have probably Devontae Adams the highest of all of us at this point. Am I wrong from what you've seen, Stags? Check that um, now. From from everything we've sent in, I saw it. Uh, you and Noonan have him tied at number sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Um, I, I felt the necessity to put him up that high. First of all, he was having an incredible offseason as is, and you guys were even talking about more than I was. Uh, as much as I love Devonte Adams and I think he's a great receiver, he was just behind Jordy and he was behind Cobb. So I just didn't, I mean, yeah, there was definite value there, uh, but I didn't see him as being, you know, where exactly he was drafted. Now, you put him as the number two or even almost number one guy. It depends. I mean, he's playing the Jordy position now. Um, he's not Jordy Nelson. He's not as fast as Jordy Nelson. He's not as tall as Jordy Nelson. He's not as experienced as Jordy Nelson. He doesn't have as, as good of a rapport with Rodgers as Jordy Nelson. But he has the potential to put up Definite wide receiver two numbers, no matter what. Fifth round, fourth pick. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, he has the better. He's the better value ADP right now. I would be taking him sooner than. But that. I will tell you what. He was. If you had had your drafts, <laughs> uh, what two weeks ago, oh. a week ago, his ADP was back in the ninth, tenth, eleventh round. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's. I mean, wow. If you grabbed him, then wow. Happy. 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 Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's going to happen all offseason. That's why you have your draft as Did we grab close to the season. League? I know that we fought about that. No, one. we didn't. Damn. Yeah, no. Because the thing was, he was so capped behind Jordy. He was so capped. You could expect, you know, small appreciation, but they returned 99% of their snaps from last season. How much were things going to change? 
And now they're yeah. losing Jordy Nelson, and now things change. Yeah, now well, things I know just... I was pushing for him back then. Yeah, that's pushing. fine. Pushing. Me too. Pushing. But you're pushing <laughs> wait at wide receiver 25 when we get... It was just way too much. And we waited Fair three enough. rounds. He was there. We should have taken it. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I think that's good. We'll talk more about that. What about projections I, on the other side? You got anything in that kind of respect, dog? I mean, we talked about it. Uh, somebody put it up yesterday on Twitter. If he does half of what Jordy Nelson does, you know, that's pretty much wide receiver 30. Uh, you know, 800, you know, yards or so and seven touchdowns. That's um, like wide around wide receiver 30. I think he does like 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Okay, if, if we're talking, uh, assuming health for these guys, for both these two guys for 16 games, because I don't want to go into uh, Cobb's had injuries before and all that sort of stuff. Let's, let's just say it's 16 games for both of them. I think Cobb gets 100 catches this year. Period. He had 91 last year, and now I think that, especially with the role he's going to be in, um, it's going to be a generally the same role, but he's going to be dependent on a lot more. Um, I, I think he had 91 last year. He gets 100 this year. I think he gets a little over 1,300 yards. He had 1,287 last year. And I think he has right around the same touchdowns, 12, 13, maybe. I mean, that's what he's going to do. The fact he that you was. don't have Jordy Nelson, who's a touchdown hawk out there, yeah, he's going to see an increase. And, he, and, and, and to be honest, Cobb was starting to get a lot of red zone action last year. A lot of red zone action. He's actually a, uh, almost as effective, maybe even a more effective red zone. Well, I mean, he had 12 year. touchdowns. Jordy had 13. Yeah. And as for Devontae Adams, I think he definitely goes over 1,000 yards. I, I think he gets at least, I think, 1,100. 11, if not 1,150. Um, I think he probably gets about 80 to 85 catches. And I think he gets 10 touchdowns himself. Um, like I said, he's a wide receiver too right now, period. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. This is a Green Bay offense. And this is one of those type of things where it's it's like the Patriots. You stick a player in a position, that's what happens. That's what they get. It's the same thing with the Patriots. You stick a player in a position, and they put up exactly what that role determines because it's the offense, not the player so much. Aaron Rodgers, next. Okay. Period. We're, we're going to do uh, Frank uh, Maniscalco's uh, scout Skyco, Scalco, sorry, I always botch his name. He's one of our best fans uh, out there for sure. Uh, and then you get ready for that uh, that PK Ripper, uh, Philip Kinn, because um, I can't read that. Read more on my printout. Anyway, who would you start in the flex? Standard scoring: Brandon Marshall or Charles Johnson? Oh. Franco. I, I'm I'm Charles Johnson all the way for me. You know, I've I've already said my disdain when it comes to. Brandon Marshall. If I'm drafting, if you're asking me who I want to start in the flex, like for for week one, I, I don't know. Well, let you know in two weeks we'll yeah, get ready for the season. <laughs> but if you're asking me, you know, who I like as a long haul in the season, a guy that I think is going to be able to grow in an offense versus a guy that I think is is going to self destruct an offense, there's no question for me. I am. Uh, I would avoid Brandon Marshall. Charles Johnson is. Hit the rapport that he is having already with Teddy Bridgewater is amazing. So, yes, Charles Johnson. Um, I'm not so sure. I think well, 100. percent I think it depends on the week, on the matchup. Um, it, it, you're talking about who would you start in the flex position? I assume you're talking week to week. You got to go week to week with those two guys. I think it makes a big difference. Um, who would Fitzpatrick, you have for the year, though? For the year? Wow. That's, that's, it's a real tough PBR one. PBR standard. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell you. Well, it's, he said standard, and uh, I, I'll check a couple things in a second. I'll give you the answer on that. 
But the fact of the matter is that with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting up instead of Geno Smith, first of all, Fitzpatrick um, is a better quarterback right now, if you ask me. Uh, uh, Geno Smith could develop into a better one than Fitzpatrick is, but he's not. he wasn't going to be right now. He's he's a lockdown type of guy. Uh, Fitzpatrick locks in on one guy, and that's it. And it, it's going to be Marshall. And Marshall has already developed a rapport with him. Uh, even in the preseason games, he was catching ball after ball after ball. Um, he's going to be used. Uh, Marshall is going to be using the red zone a bunch. Don't get me wrong. I love a Charles Johnson, but I think that that Fitzpatrick Marshall hookup is going to happen a lot this season. I do too. I, I really do. I mean, it's it's not sexy. It, believe me, if Charles Johnson is the way sexier pick here. You're talking about a 30-some-odd-year-old uh, Brandon Marshall who already said this is the last team he's going to play for, and it's only for a couple more years. So you know that, that this is it. It's this basic swan song. It's not a sexy pick, and he doesn't get the 80-yard the touchdowns like, a, like Charles Johnson could be doing, but there's a lot of weapons in that Minnesota offense, a lot of mouths to feed. There's not a lot of mouths to feed in that Jets offense. It's Chris Ivory and basically Marshall. I mean, Decker will get some here and there, but Amaro, uh, Amaro is falling off the, the face of the earth. There's going to be a lot of uh, balls for Marshall to be catching, and he's going to have some really good games out there. He's going to be very consistent, if you ask me. I think so, but as an owner, I'm going to be very disappointed with him uh, as, as on my team. I'm not going to get the big splash, huge games. I'm going to get the games where he's just going to be hanging around, doing his thing, you know, eight catches, 80 yards, okay, great. You know, maybe you know, then he gets a six catches for 48 yards and a touchdown, okay. He's going to have his one splash game where he has like seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. Fantastic. I just know that I'm, as a fantasy owner, I will enjoy watching Charles Johnson play when I'm on my on my DirecTV and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm flipping through all the games. But I want to watch. I don't want to flip on and turn on to watch Brandon Marshall this year. I'd rather flip on the channel and watch Charles Johnson this year. So that's why I'll draft Charles Johnson. Makes sense. And now my newest version of the tiers, 5.2, I have uh, Charles at 20 and Marshall at 18. And do Both I have Marshall ahead yeah. of Charles Johnson? Absolutely. I, mean, that is, I might have Marshall ahead of Charles Johnson. That's, that's, that, that's definitely really high. And I, you know what? They both deserve to be up there. But I will tell you this. When it, comes to P, when it comes to standard scoring, what's the most important component that gets you the points? Touchdowns. Touchdowns. Who's going to get the touchdowns? It's Brandon Marshall. He's going to get those touchdowns over Charles Johnson. I don't know. Did you see Charles Johnson in the red zone the other day putting on sick moves in week two? That's fine. I, 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 do you think that's going to happen every week? Do they think they're just going to go away from AP? Like, eh, AP sucks. Let's just throw it to Charles. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. Kyle Rudolph is stick him for hands. Um, Mike Wallace is going to cry he better. his eyes out. <laughs> he better. He's my only tight end. That's sad. Yeah, well, yeah. dude, that guy makes better catches for a tight end than anybody in the entire league. You watch. He is an acrobat out there. It's fun. Knockout uh, stag party that uh, Philip Kin, the PK Ripper. Hey, uh, thanks for that question. Frank Maniscalco. Sorry, I was botching your name. It's small hey, and, and you know what? Thank you, Val, Val Verde. A direct drop beer dispenser. Half barrel capacity with an anti-foaming mechanism. So, I got invited into a 10-team PPR and point per completion uh, league. The format is one QB, five flex, four bench. His instincts say draft wide receiver with his first eight picks and then go grab a wide receiver like uh, Matt Ryan, who had the most completions last year. He thinks it's a good formula, but wanted another opinion. Nobody's, nobody really knows. He wants strategic advice. And, yeah, we said point per completion already, right? So first eight picks 
go. <laughs> he wants to go first AWOL wide receivers. Because he does not need running backs. Per se. Wait, so wait, he already. You gotta start five flexes. Okay, there's five flexes. Okay. And one right. quarterback. One quarterback. Point per completion. Point per completion. How many running Point backs? Point per receptions. They're, they're, wait, no, wait, you don't wait, have to start a running you back. Don't you don't have, have to, to start a running back. You don't have to roster a running back. Wow. Okay. So it's QB, five flexes, no tight end, I mean, no tight end, no wide receiver. It's just, I mean, flexes, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. Okay. So instead of QB, RB, RB, wide receiver, wide receiver, yeah, yeah, tight yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just want to get this straight. <laughs> I need to get this straight. So uh, wait, is it, is it point per completion for yes. quarterbacks, not point per carry for running backs? No, point per completion. Okay. So here's the thing. Wow. You will not be able to get Matt Ryan in the ninth round in a point per completion league. He jumps up to about like a QB4, QB5 in that type of format. He jumps over the likes of Cam Newton, the Russell Wilsons, right. and the, all these other guys who don't throw a lot. So, you're not going to be able to get him in that late. I mean, so you'll have to go, hey, if you want to go four wide receivers and then grab a Matt Ryan, I got no complete, no problem with that. But it's a 10-team league, so you can wait. You can get a Bradford late. You can get a Ryan Tannehill late. You can get an Eli Manning late. And I think uh, the, the two guys who actually played last season both finished top 10s in completions. So you're still getting a boost. And they pretty much still finished over, uh, I, I believe, Cam Newton, uh, definitely. And I think real close to Russell Wilson in those type of formats. Let's put it this way. Matt Ryan's been in the top uh, four each of the last three three years. Um, the, the guys that beat him are like Drew Brees. You know, I, I mean, last year it was Drew Brees was the only guy who beat him. Aaron Rodgers beat him a few re- uh, years ago. It's just, there's just no... Uh, <laughs> he's he's a, you're not going to get him in the ninth round. Matt Ryan is is going to be long gone by that time. Uh, go, go on with what you were saying. Well, I was going to say you know if you eight wide receivers, I don't know about eight wide receivers. You know, at some point in time, if it's points per completion, you got to start looking at the higher volume passers because all these running quarterbacks, as you're saying, are just not as valuable. I mean, it's like a league I'm in. We just do total yardage for quarterbacks, so. All touchdowns are the same, so the running quarterback has no value. Actually, they're devalued because you get bonus points when you get over 300 and some, such odd yards. And if you're a points per completion, you know if you're picking in the lower tier, and you can get a guy like Sam Bradford. Otherwise, you get the dink and dunkers, right? You get the guy who's going to take and give you eight completions, nine completions on a drive to, to score a touchdown versus Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> right? You know that he's a strong quarterback in that situation. Tannehill had the fifth most completions in the league last year. That's what I'm more saying. Than, more than Andrew Luck. We'll uh, put it that way. <laughs> okay. uh, here's some other. Th- well, there, there it is. is. Another thing. You know they brew ten thousand bottles of beer a day. I drink forty-five off the assembly line, and I'm the asshole. So maybe <laughs> what I would do is I I might take an early quarterback in a point per completion league, because then I just know. Fill out the roster, best player available every round. I'm not going to go all wide receivers because I think, you know, CJ Anderson is probably still going to score more than a lot of wide receivers. You know, some of these other is guys. Is it half point PPR? Full point. Full point PPR. The running backs who catch the ball are still more valuable than wide receivers in PPR formats. Running backs that don't catch the ball a lot still catch the ball 30 to 40 times a year. 
And you, you're picking in these receivers that when you're getting into the, the, the fourth tier or whatever, they're only getting 60, 55 to 65 receptions a year. Exactly. What's, yeah. the, what's the appreciable difference there? And then there's like guys like C.J. Spiller who might catch 70 passes for 700 yards and then rush for 500. Like, you don't know. Like, yeah, you, no, still, you still got to focus on a couple running backs. They score more, plain and simple. Yeah, no, it's it, it, they they get the best of all worlds. They get the PPR and they get all the rushing yards and they get usually more touchdowns as well. So I mean, it's 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 a mix and match. I wouldn't go eight receivers. Yes, wide receiver is the big position this year, um, and they're more predictable than the, than the running backs. That's for sure. But you got to concentrate on some running backs too. You got to have some flexibility in it. That, that's all it is. It's got to have balance. I don't know that it's the running back score more because the more that I'm doing the research, I'm seeing that. Through the top twenty, the, the wide receivers are scoring just as well as the, as the running backs. Now, as you as you tail that off, I think too, uh, if I expand that, I probably find that when you know maybe I'll do this. You look through receivers twenty through forty versus running backs twenty through forty. I think wide receivers are very co- comparable as well. But it's a matter of finding the right ones because there are going to be the gems in there. There's going to be for some reason a Shane Vereen or something slips to you in the sixth round or fifth round, and it's like, well, okay, well this is PPR. Grab that guy. You know? Yeah, Danny Woodhead. Whatever. Right. Absolutely. Danny Woodhead is, is, a, is a perfect example. He will be there. Everyone's going after all the other names, and they're going to go grab all the all the rookies and everything. And, and Danny Woodhead is a guy who just falls and falls and falls and falls, and he's just. No, like, I mean, the two years <laughs> last year he got injured, but the two years before that he ended up, I think, twenty. Nineteenth and twenty-third in running back scoring, and that's from a, just a third-down position, basically. And that's impressive. The kid can and was play. that even PPR? I don't even think that was PPR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think it was. Just regular. Melvin Gordon has not set the world on fire here so far in in the preseason. No. So that that tells me, you know, and remember, before Woodhead got hurt, the rapport that he had with Phil Rivers too. So yeah, that absolutely. was doing really well. It's right. very dependable. Let's go on to Duncan Wolf. Yeah, we're still looking for a couple things out of Duncan to get in that Pyro Pro League. Uh, a couple of them. First one is sign up for Pyro Pro. And the <laughs> second one is a better video than that garbage you sent in the first time around. Uh, the question by Duncan Wolf should shock, shouldn't shock anyone. It is, why am I so fucking good looking? And uh, Stag Party, I think we're all going to have something to say here. Stag Party, why is Duncan Wolf so fucking good looking? Well, back about 30 years ago when I met your mother. (laughs) 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 Hold on. This show will not drown on for eight seasons like Ted Mosby's. Okay. It's not exactly how I met your mother. It was about eight seconds long, just like I was in your mother. We're good. Duncan Wolf, <laughs> there's your answer. Uh, I guess not all of us are going to rebuttal here. But, uh, I'm not following that. That's for damn sure. <laughs> get You're in there, Wolf. There Pyro Pro is your first step to being in that league. you got to buy it, buddy, or you're not eligible. Or else uh, you can't talk shit back to me. Yeah, there you go. All right, uh, next one. you got Lost Smith. I'll, uh, I'll just hand it over to you, Stag Party. The read more, I don't have it. Is Jimmy Graham worth a third-round pick over under 1,000 yards? And 10, 10, 10 touchdowns. Who has the better uh, chance to be RB1? Amir Abdullah, Chris Ivory in uh, Chan Gailey's zone blocking scheme, or Carlos Hyde? Uh, also, oh, does so that, let's, let's answer one at a time here. Uh, 
I like I'm to break it question. up. I'm reading a question. You can't just interrupt a man in the middle of a question. I'm sorry, it's a long question. Let him go. <laughs> we'll, we'll break it into parts after I read the whole question. I feel like I'm Rodney Dangerfield taking my, my oral exam. I don't remember any of the questions. I got now. one question in 27 <laughs> parts. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm calling Duncan's mom. All right, what do you got? <laughs> Is Jimmy Graham worth a third-round pick over or under a thousand yards and ten TDs? I, I no, he's not getting a thousand yards. He's not getting ten TDs. Could get ten TDs. He's not getting a thousand yards. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's getting. I think it. it's entirely possible he gets both. I think it's entirely possible. I still don't think it's worth a third-round pick because it's a big chance you're taking. It's a Seattle offense that has never been a, a, a tight end friendly uh, offense. It, not enough to warrant a thousand and ten. He could possibly do it, but he's been injured a lot recently in his career. Um, his being as big and as tall as he is. Um, the knees and the legs are starting to go a little bit. You could see it last year, plain and simple, and it's easy to see. Uh, it's just not uh, its not worth your third-round pick on it. I would wait a little longer and get a, a, a com- not a comparable, but a very good tight end who's going to put up a, you know numbers that are worth your 7th, 8th, 10th round picks. I mean, some of the tight ends that we were getting late in our drafts are ridiculous. You can get a Mart- We got a Martellus Bennett late. We got Julius Thomas late. I've got Jordan Cameron late. You can get those guys in the 9th, 10th, 11th, Zach Ertz. You can get those guys way later, and it's way more worth it to wait. The other reason why it's way worth it to wait is because Jimmy Graham is not going to give you the games you thought you were going to get from him after the explosions that he had with Drew Brees back in the day. He's not giving you the uh, 10 catches for 142 yards and two touchdown games. He's going to give you, you know, 70 yards and a touchdown maybe. It's like the the games are more pedestrian now. So when you're talking about a third-round pick – a wide receiver that I can pick that could be, you know, an explosion type guy three or four weeks out of the year that I'm going to start in my lineup because this is one of my premier guys. I think I'd rather go that route. Uh, I mean, I got to just agree. I, he, that. <laughs> Russell Wilson has never had a thousand yard receiver. He's never had a player go for over a thousand yards as a receiver. Huh. So what. Makes me think that's suddenly going to change. Yeah, no, you got to go on stats. I hate to say it. Sometimes, sometimes it's a gut feeling, and sometimes you, you got to feel that this, something's going to happen different. But usually, trends continue, especially in, in, a, in a game like football. Trends do continue because systems continue, and it's not like Seattle's about to change their system. It's been working for them. They've been going to the Super Bowl year after year here, or at least going deep in the playoffs before the last two years when they've gotten to the Super Bowl. Now, the, the thing is that. I will just mention this just for a second. Jimmy Graham, I think the biggest effect he might have on this team is taking away a few touchdowns from Lynch, which I think may push Lynch down a little bit. I don't think that Lynch is going to slow up. We have predicted and I have thought that he was going to slow down and get injured eventually with the way he runs, with the anger and ferocity. But at this point... What I think slows him the most is the red zone action, which I think that Jimmy Graham may take a little bit away from, but that doesn't still make Jimmy Graham a third-round pick. I stuck my neck out. He's on my career year beware piece again this year. I'm double, a double down. Double, double down. Um, that's fine. I'm with you on it. That's, I'm, I'm cool with that. Law Smith's second question was, who has a better chance to be RB1, Amir Abdullah, Chris Ivory, and Chan Gailey's zone blocking scheme, or Carlos Hyde? Oh, Chris Ivory's already a number one, right? No, no, an RB one, no RB one, top ten, RB one, top ten, top twelve. You know what? I I I think we're all going to have different answers here, strangely. 
I, I would I would almost tell you that the sneaky one for me, I don't like Carlos Hyde just because I just think that San Francisco is in complete disarray. I just don't trust the coaching staff of, of Thomas Sulo. I just think it's it's inexperienced. I think it's going to show in the production on the field. So now you're talking about is it going to be Amir Abdullah or is it going to be um, um, Chris Ivory? Chris Ivory. And, and Ivory, I like the fact that it's Fitzpatrick now that's under center. I think that gives a calm to the offense and all the things that you were saying before about what's going to happen there with Brandon Marshall. I think that that helps to open things up for him. Um, and obviously Amir Abdullah right now is a sexy pick. You know, Joyke Bell could still be dealing with these nagging injuries throughout the season. The only other person there that's to threaten him is Theo Riddick. And Theo Riddick is not a guy that can handle the inside rushing. Not so the, the thing is, I would tell you that I'll say Ivory's a safer pick. I think that I'd still rather take my chances on, on Abdullah. But you know what, God, it's like the rookie, you know, they're going to hit the rookie wall when I need him in the fantasy playoffs. That's when Ivory tends to get stronger in the season. I don't know. I'm torn now. I gotta decide after I listen to you two. Abdullah and PPR, uh, Chris Ivory and Standard. Um, I'm gonna say Chris Ivory 100%. Either way, um, he is gonna be used more in the in the passing game, and they are loving him there. And he's always been a lot better running back than he's been given credit for. And you're right, that Changeli offense is perfect for him. He is going to. Uh, stud up in, in that offense, and he's been rising up my boards quite a bit. He has the best chance of being a top 10, top 12 back, period, if you ask me. He comes at a better value in, with the ADP and where you're going to get him in Ivory. Uh, Abdullah's moving up pretty quickly. Uh, both of them are super high risers in my tiers version that uh, we sent to, uh, to Stag Party today. Uh, but there's something about it that as long as I don't, I don't want to have too many rookies, I don't want to do that Houdini th- uh, thing that Houdini hates, there's something about me rolling the dice on that Abdullah just for that upside that I could really see happening. Um, we'll see. It's got to be a running back two uh, to offset more of a slow and steady or a, a consistent running back one. But, uh, you don't want to shoot for the stars at all the spots, but he lo- he sure looks like he'd be fun to have on your team. Here's the freaky thing, um, and y- y- you hear it thrown around here and there. It's a rare thing to throw around. Uh, especially, I mean, right after he retired, I understand you throw around the name here and there, but 15 years later, it's tough to hear this name and be serious about it. Barry. Barry Sanders. When they started saying that this guy has Barry Sanders-like qualities, that flipped me out a little bit. And watching him, it's not, it's not Barry, but it's, wow, he's, he's got something there. Easy. The, the kid's going to be really good. It's just the Joy Bell factor that that bumps Here, me out. Here's the thing. That, here's the question I have about the Barry Sanders aspect of it. Because remember, Trent Richardson, they were saying, was the next Jim Brown. And then Jim Brown saw Trent Richardson and goes, he's not the next Jim Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I remember it. So, I, has anyone an article talk, on that. I know, that, yeah. I know that Barry's a, a recluse type of a guy, but have, have, they, uh, have they gotten a word from Barry if he thinks that he's Barry-esque? Mm. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, Nobody's there. Does Doug Martin pass the eye test? Uh, is he worth the fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick? I'll I'll go out on a limb. Uh, it, I've already gone out on a limb. I've said it. I said it a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Yes, uh, he is. Um, he, if, if from what, from all accounts, and from what I've seen, you know, and, I, and everybody saw it in that last game too. He looks like the Doug Martin of old. He looks like the guy who put up insane numbers that rookie year. 
And they seem to be loving him there. And you got yourself a rookie quarterback who's a little bit erratic. Who are you going to depend on? That trusty running back. And the blocking's gotten a little bit better. It was freaking awful uh, last year. And, then, you know, the injuries have depleted that line. It was supposed to be awesome a few years ago. But injuries depleted it quite a bit. But it's gotten a little bit better. Martin has what it takes to be a top 10 back. I mean, he obviously showed it in, in, his, in his rookie season. Will he get all the way back there? I don't know, but I think he's worth uh, somewhere in the you know fourth, fifth round, which is where you can get him. I think if you're getting him any later than the fifth round, it's a great pick. Uh, I think in our new version of tiers that will come out, running back 25. So we all kind of had him in the same area, right in the 20s. All pretty much in agreement there. He's a guy that's worth a flyer. Charles Sims isn't a very good running back. Is he a good receiver out of the backfield? Sure. But he just doesn't look like a very good running back. And there's nothing to me that has changed that. And the way he looked the other night was awful. I, I am a little bit concerned about that offensive line, especially with the rookie at left tackle. Yeah. Uh, and just rookies everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they, Marfitt, just, yeah they just got no injury, too. And that, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I think it was DeMar Dotson that went yeah, down. That's I, right. I wrote oh, that yeah. in He's the uh, offensive line yeah. piece. Uh, so... The offensive line scares me a little bit, but I think the question is, are they going to let him be a receiver on third down again? He, you know, because that's something that drastically reduced his value the last couple years. I think it depends on his blocking ability, which I think is better than Sims as far as I know. It will be, and he'll emerge as it. Think of it this too. They didn't extend him. He's playing for his NFL life right True. now, and he's got a fire lit under his ass. He knows that he did it at one point in time, and now he's being forced to, to do it again. And he's he's relishing his opportunity. So you know, God bless the, those who who get a, a, a what do you call it? Uh, throw me a throw well, me a boring. throw me a life raft or whatever. Uh, yeah, not a life raft, a lifesaver. Or whatever. Lifesaver. And uh, tastes good. Hey, those minty flavors. And you actually grab it and you take it, you take hold and you, and you you make good. So I, I think he's got a great opportunity. Yeah. Just 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 to clarify, he's not playing for his NFL life. Trent Richardson got a job this year. So, he's going to be okay. No, he's playing for a big deal. That's well, not necessarily true. Trent could be cut real quick. And the other yeah. thing is, when you're talking about your NFL life is all in guaranteed money. And if you don't play well, then you get... Eight, oh, congratulations for signing. You get a $800,000 signing bonus. Congratulations. Well, Hi, I'm Chris Johnson. I'm not getting any money, but uh, I have to rush for 1,300 yards. Here's the, here's the beauty of Doug Martin's situation. When you get Lovey behind you, Lovey sticks with you. Plain and simple. He, it, Lovey, doesn't, yeah, Lovey doesn't change his mind very often. He, he doesn't have a mind to change very much. Uh, it's, it's, I listen, he's, he's as nice of a guy as you'll, I'm sure you'll ever meet, but when it comes to, to football sense, he, he gets something in his head and he sticks with it, and that's it. And he's behind Doug Martin 100%. Doug Martin so Martin's going to have the chance all back. year. Doug Martin's out running back. Yep. He's not starting running back. We're, yep. we're going with Doug Martin. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Well, uh, is F- there. Final part of the question. Yeah. Jordan Cameron, how effective in Miami? Over under 70 catches or 8 TDs? Um, let me ask you first because I know that you're high on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm concerned. I know that you know, you're know you not supposed to consider injury and everything into it, but here's a guy, he's had concussions and stuff too. Um, I worry. I worry about his longevity. He's going to take some potentially tough hits. He's in a tough division with some good linebackers uh, in, the, in the AFC East. Um, I just... I think if everything goes well, he stays healthy, yeah, I think he can do that type of production. I'm concerned that he's not going to make it through the whole season. 
That's, I guess that's a legitimate concern. Um, he has as much talent, um, and I, I hate to say this, but because I've, I've tooted both these guys' horns for as long as they've been in the league and before they got in the league, he has as much talent as a, as a Travis Kelsey. He really does. He has as much athleticism. He can catch ball. He can break tackles. He can run routes. And he's a little bit faster than Kelsey. Maybe not as strong as Kelsey, but he's a little faster than him. He has every everything that you want in a tight end to put up big fantasy numbers. Um, he already has a good rapport with uh, Tannehill. Tannehill, while supposedly, and from what I've seen, has gotten a lot better than long ball, is more of an intermediate-type passer, which is Cameron's strength, obviously. Uh, I, he has the potential, yes, to put up all those numbers that you're talking about, 70-plus uh, catches, 8-plus touchdowns. That's a possibility. Um, I think he's a top-10 tight end this year for sure, if he, of course, if he stays healthy, like you're saying, um, maybe even uh, top six or seven. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's it, you're right on the edge, right there with those numbers. I, I'm with it. I'm, I'm definitely on his bandwagon for sure. I, I'm on the edge of a bell thirty. He stole it. Well, now instead of having Deutschland's greatest beer, we merely have fourth best. Bien Steinemarsen, Radenberger, und 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 Becks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next question, cool? Uh, Alex Heimbach uh, is asking us a question. He's one of our big Facebook guys. Thanks, buddy. Top picks at the 2-3 turn. 12-team PPR league. Alshon's hurt. Evans with Winston not overwhelmingly awesome so far. Leaning Hilton and Lamar Miller. I'm taking Bell number one overall. Suge- suggestions are welcome. Thanks, guys. Also, is the 4-5 turn legit for Jarvis Landry League Awards a point for every 30 return yards? So, let's start at the first part, uh, at the top, at the 2-3 turn in a 12-team PPR. Where, what, are you, what are you thinking there? Uh, I don't know if I would, I think it might be a little early for Lamar Miller, but he's our 11th ranked running back, so I have no real complaints if you want to go with it. Uh, he's usually going right in the middle of the third round. And the other guys going around him, you know, just in four set. I'm much more sold on Lamar Miller than I am on any of those guys who are also going in the third round, especially in a PPR league, and you know he can catch the ball. There's no real threat to his uh, throne. He's going to be the number one. There's no threat to his red zone game. There's no threat to the third down Who's game. That? Lamar Miller. Yeah. Uh, and then besides that, I love T.Y. Hill. I just went back and looked up T.Y. Hilton's numbers from last season, and I don't know why we're ranking him so low, personally. Because, let me give you a little knowledge here about T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton played in 15 games last season, right? Eh, not really. He technically really only played in 14. That Week 17 game, he was on the field for like the first two series, got three targets, uh, and then they took him off when the playoffs were in hand. So, he got no catches that game. So if you look at it on a 14-game basis, he was like a top 7 receiver last year in PPR formats. Uh, caught like 82 passes, but besides you know that whole Week 17 thing, yeah, he could have caught like 9 passes last, or 90 passes last season. The question is, is he going to be more of a touchdown receiver? Is he going to get more than a 7 or 8 in this season? And I think he's got the chance to do that, but you could also do that and maybe pair T.Y. Hilton and you pair him with Mike Evans. You do, you do that matchup at a 2-3 a turn. Go with what you're saying. I don't know. that if, if you can get him down there, I think that's fantastic. You know, the other thing is, 
Lamar Miller for me is is, and especially in a PPR league, I think it's kind of a a draw the line type of a guy. But what I love about Lamar Miller is again. I at least, if I'm drafting the 11th or 12th running back, I want a guy that can win me a week. Well, Lamar Miller is one of those guys because he, what did he run at? Had a 97 yard touchdown run last year? He can bust the big run. That's what he's known for. So, those guys that can strike, you know, how awesome is it when you are watching football and it's the first 10 minutes of the game for the first series, and all of a sudden he just scampers for a 50 yard touchdown? You know, Hella, I'm already into almost getting the bonus points here coming up, you know, and it's like, and it's early in the game. He's an impactor, so I, I like that, but if you, can, if you can get a Hilton and an Evans, I think more likely, if you're talking a 12-team league. It's possible, I think, it's I definitely think possible. It's possible, but I think Evans will probably be gone. Um, seem, I think in a 12-team. No, he, he never goes before the third round, unless it's with you guys. Mike Evans? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's got a solid third, third round uh, ADP. I don't know if that's exactly true, but who, another, his ADP is twenty eight. Another another guy, another another guy that I really like, as you guys know, is the Brandon Cooks. I think if you're looking, if the wide receivers are going off the board fast, when you're starting that with a Le'Veon Bell, he's um, three picks ahead of uh, of Mike Evans in ADP. ADP's all of a sudden gone up to twenty six for Mike Evans. Okay, so that's still third round. Uh, but I like uh, Cooks in there too. Those T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Cooks, all those guys can bust uh, big games for you. And uh, if you're starting with that foundation of Le'Veon Bell, and you you can go with two wide receivers. I'm not saying I like the Lamar pick too, but if you wanted to really make the foundation on your your uh, your wide receivers, and then come back next round and get yourself a nice running back, then you've got that first and fourth zone is the running back, and get the two three with wide receiver. You're gonna be looking pretty. Yeah, and then there's also. You know, the fact that uh, coming back around in the 4th, 5th, there's plentiful options. You can go every different direction, uh, depending on what you want to do. Jarvis Landry in the 4th, 5th in a PPR league, plus the 30-yard bonus. It depends if you get fractional points up to that 30. If it's just starting at 30, you know, maybe. I don't know how many kicks he's going to return. Right. You know, he could get three a game, or he could be off the kick return unit as a whole, is it punt return or kick return? Is probably, it both? It's probably both. I feel like he's more of a punt guy. He's no, he's their kick returner. He's, he's not their punt returner. Okay. Yeah. It's both. Okay, yeah, it, it, it's usually both. And if it's thirty yards, it's like one point for every thirty yards. It's not supposed to be anything that's like a a game breaker. But if you have a guy, you know, who happens to be both, and then let's say he gets a, a kick return for a touchdown. And well, I remember three years ago or four years ago, maybe now Antonio Brown had a thousand yards in return. Right. Well, that's but that's what I was going to mention about that. If you're in that type of a league, when you get toward the end, you should start figuring out who are the guys that are all the the, the special teams guys that are kick returners, and who are the kick returners that actually actually do have a part in their team's offense, and then you ha- or have a potential of they're like the next on the depth chart that like another Jordy Nelson type thing happens somewhere else in front of them. They step up and all of a sudden have a role, and now they're a dual role, and now you have a dual threat for points. Hey, Desbian, is Des doing kick returns? I know he wants to. You know, if they if they ever do it with him, it's only going to be in a special situation. Punt, if they punt need, returns. Uh, punt, yeah, yeah, just punt returns. Just punt returns. It would never be a yeah. that, so Imagine that. If he's doing punt returns, oh, crap. That guy would be fun to watch every punt return. I want to mention something about Lamar Miller, um, and it's something that kind of goes unnoticed. Last year, everybody thinks that, and, and I, I love him, too. Jamal Charles is pretty much a shit, and he is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, last year, Lamar Miller had 60 more rushing yards than him, but one less rushing touchdown. 
that's even when it comes to the running. Uh, you know, the six points that you make up right there, you made it into the 60 yards. He had only two fewer catches, only 16 fewer yards through the air. It was the four uh, receiving touchdowns that made the difference right there. Now, by all accounts, I hear that Miami is going to be using Lamar more this year, that they're going to take the, their chances and say, you know what, screw it. We're, we're going to actually run this guy a little bit more and use him more than we did. And if that really happens... Uh, Lamar has every opportunity to be in that top eight, top six conversation at the end of the year. It's a very possible scenario. It, well, it, it makes sense, too, right? Because the Dolphins have to be all in. You, you, you signed Indomitian Sue. You brought him in for the huge-ass money that you, that you paid him. You jettisoned Mike Wallace. You're, you're building around all these other guys. They signed a, a J.E., right? Did I say it right? A J.E. A J.E. Um, and he's not looked good at all. So Lamar Miller has been the guy that, that has been trying to have the stranglehold on it. Couldn't wrestle the job completely away from Daniel Effing Thomas. Um, you know, but now Who finally... Who is now the fourth string, fifth string running back for the Bears. the Bears. Right. <laughs> so you at least look at Lamar Miller now, too, like another guy that has taken longer for him to, to finally really catch on and get it. But I, he's getting it. And, yeah. And... You're right. The opportunity is extremely in his favor with what's not around him in the running back situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely climbing on board with with you there, Stag Party. Lamar Miller is a stud in the making, I think. In the third round, though, that he's becoming great value, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the Gabe Pattison's question. Um, Ten-team PPR that drafted two Sundays ago. I drafted Calvin Benjamin and Jordy Nelson. We feel for you, buddy. Needless to say, I'm decimated going into week one. Top four wide receivers are John Brown, Steve Smith Sr., Kendall Wright, and Michael Floyd. We got a lot of dogs' favorites there. Um, so, the question, do I look to trade now when the vultures know I'm desperate, or do I rock out with my cock out week one and see what explodes on the waivers? Number two waiver priority. What should you do, guys? Can he make moves beforehand too? I mean, can he can he drop Jordy and Kelvin and pick up anyone that's out there before it, it all starts? No. I mean, that's one option, but he might lose that waiver priority. No, I would assume he could, would. But can't I, you can't you wait until after a certain point and you're just pit, making a pickup? I, I, I assume that what he said is just what goes, and what if he's. There's no drop in picking up, or else he would have done it by now. I would yeah. wait through week one. I'm not. I'm not making any. I'm I, I think the, the thing is, I start John Brown, I start Steve Smith, and I start Kendall Wright, and I rock out with my cock out. Right, right. because you should be rocking out with his cock out anyway. There's no reason. It's week one. Given. If if you know how many times you have a great team and you, you lose week one anyway, there's no reason to, to to succumb to any of the fears or anything yet. Let it play out. Then you make your adjustments. Whenever I rock out with my cock out, the goal is to succumb. <laughs> Does anyone know the reference? Uh, I know Gabe does, but what's the reference? Who? What's the rock out with your cock out? What's it from? Uh, the movie guy doesn't even have it. I don't know. Not a movie. Red Hot Chili Peppers, baby. Uh, the Sock Boys. The sock Boys. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I think. Uh, well, I think what you do there, buddy, is yeah, hold tight. Don't make any major moves. Either something might explode week one. It's dead. Does you still think it's going to be Jonas Gray? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jonas Gray is going to explode in week one, but then get that, bunched in week two. That stinks, though. But here's the thing about it this week, Gabe. 
you've gotten kind of effed over at the beginning of the league, so be a good man. Karma points, lift them up. Some great stuff's going to come your way on the waiver wire. Some opportunities are going to present themselves to you because you got uh, F tier on the uh, in the early going. So stick at it. Don't think uh, anything bad's going to happen, and uh, you'll be fine. I would be interested to see what what's on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, in, in that league. I mean, I, I can't just very well say anything without knowing who the hell is out there. But was it a ten or a twelve? Was it, uh, it was ten team PPR? So I think that you're going to actually have some some value out there on the waiver wire, and I think that there's going to be a lot that will emerge after that first week for you, too. Absolutely. I mean, you might even be able to get Jeff Janis or uh, Ty Montgomery. And, and, you know, if you can make a move, watch this week three game, figure out who they've got out on the field most of the time, and that's the guy you pick up. Or It's not even so much who's most of the time, because they're both going to play a lot. I think you figure out who plays better. Yeah, who's the more that's, effective okay. in the offense, yeah. Yeah. That's actually a pretty cool name, though. Gabe Pattison sounds like a sounds like a famous actor from back in the uh, glory days. Well, back in the glory time. days, or the both Twilight Gabe days. <laughs> Is that get, not, not right? Only you would think Twilight. You probably read. You probably read the. the First book. off, I don't read. <laughs> Great, good stuff. It I shows, think, buddy. Yeah, I think I think you, I think you read on Roto World quite a bit. FF today. I think you know that one. Maybe pro football reference. Um, you just don't read books. Yeah. I, I like in things that are enjoyable in life. <laughs> books are great, dude. Books Give are it a shot. Man. Nope. <laughs> All right, let's go on. Nope. Our, <laughs> wow. our boy, Chris Resendez. Chris I'm an English major. I'm, I'm feeling so ashamed. Yeah, me too. Chris Resendez rocking out as our number four, fourth guy to ever buy Pyro Pro. Uh, thanks a lot, buddy. Um, I know you're having a couple issues and we're working through them. I'm pretty sure we've got them good to go today. Going to have to uh, change your email address in the admin or the developers are going to do it themselves. But really appreciate you buying that thing. Literally, I think it was the first night it was out. I was put out like a test op-ed and next morning four people had already bought it. So you are the man. Appreciate it. Uh, Pass on Matthews and get Aguilar cheaper. Sell Devontae while his stock is high. Uh, Maybe Wheaton really is the number two. Doug Martin, legit. Let's leave out the Doug Martin part. We covered him enough, uh, and we might have covered, you know, Demonte enough. And then he has a second question. Yeah. Also, the tight end in Baltimore. Whoever does it, can he give uh, Bennett numbers? Okay. So, where do you guys want to start there? We'll start on the Matthews uh, Aguilar ADP cheaper. What do you uh, What do you guys privy to? What do you like to do more? Wow, it's, uh, they're both worth it. <laughs> Plain yeah. and simple. Uh, get them both. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, I think you'll be fine passing on Matthews and grabbing Aguilar a little later, but I think that Matthews is going to have a top 10 season. And, uh, wow, uh, you, can, you can't go wrong in that situation. That's my call. You, you cannot go wrong. If there's something else there uh, when Matthews is there that you're looking at, you're like, man, it's, it's going to be tough to pass this guy up. Go ahead and grab him and grab Aguilar a little, uh, Aguilar a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like if you're making a choice between <clears throat> Lamar Miller... And Jordan Matthews got no problem if you really like an Aguilar, grabbing a Lamar Miller there, and then coming back later and grabbing Aguilar. Got no problem with that. That that's a pretty decent strategy. But if you're sitting there in the third round and the running back well has dried up, and you know Matthews is the last guy in the tier at wide receiver that you get like, take Matthews and then come back later. Get Aguilar and then potentially one of those guys is going to be a top ten wide receiver. And Aguilar is a sixth round. 
uh, ADP. Oh, yeah, his ADP has skyrocketed yep. a little yeah, bit. He's well, because he keeps playing well in the preseason. Yeah. We keep and, talking him up, too. Yeah, we keep talking him up. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking him up. He's a good wide receiver. He's a crisp route runner. And Chip Kelly knows him. And he he's the yeah. outside vertical threat. Chip, Chip Kelly targeted him, and that's a big deal. It's what's happened to Deshaun Jackson. It's what happened to Jeremy Macklin. It's what's going to happen to Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Yep. Plain and simple. All right. All right, next question. Uh, that is maybe Wheaton. Is he really? No, sell Devontae Adams while his stock is high. No, hold Devontae Adams. Yeah. His stock will get higher. Yes. Because what are you going to sell him for now as a fifth-round pick? Yeah. What's no one's going to give you the value. You're not going to get the value of where I believe he's going to And what does Devontae Adams have? Aaron Rodgers, period. And <laughs> a shitload of talent. Yeah. That's plain and simple. Keep Hold on to Adams. Good. Next one? Was uh, maybe Wheaton? Marcus Wheaton. Is he really the number two on Not that team? Not really. He's, listen, he's gotten better, that's for sure. And um, he was he was touted pretty high when he when he came out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he mixed into that offense more than he did last year and had a better year. Is he the number two? That's not going to be an all-year thing. He's going to be number two at various times, but he's not the guy you want to target because he's not going to be the touchdown guy. Uh, I don't know. He's. I wouldn't go targeting him and grabbing him earlier than he should be grabbed. No. He's maybe listed as the number two receiver. He may see more time on the field potentially than Martavis Bryant. He will not score close to the fantasy points of Martavis Bryant. So in the PPR, he will. You know what? No, he won't in the PPR either. No. Yes, he will. No, he won't. No. I don't know. He had 70-something catches last year and he wasn't close. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's there's, no what, way, there's no way Brian... Here's Brian what I like about Wheaton. This year. And again, I'm also a big Steeler guy this year. I'm, I'm telling you, that, like everything that they have going on there. Wheaton is going to be that guy that, that is going to... You can pick him up late. Well, let's see what his ADP is. It's got to be way I would say go so, early on him. No, I mean, you don't have to go early round on him. or something. No one's saying go early on him. Just where you're getting him. That guy's I don't even see him on the list here. So, yeah. Oh, here it is. Tenth round. So, you know what? Tenth round, is, it's, I don't know. Maybe I think, I think that's too high for him. I don't know that I'd go that high. He's not a very dynamic receiver. He's, who was like, I'm trying to think. He's of like, like Jarvis Landry. Yeah, well, who was like when Wes Welker was like, was he like number three wide receiver that was on New England when he emerged? And no, then who was the number two? It, it was number two. It was always the number two. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like who was that classic number three that just overstepped the number two with just, like just much more talent but less time on the field. Brett Perryman? Well, probably Deshaun Jackson when he emerged with uh, Philadelphia, whoever was on the outside there. Hank Basket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially. <laughs> Essentially, last game, or last season, Marcus Wheaton and Martavis Bryant scored the exact same number of points. But it was 1.2 difference. Yeah, essentially the same. 58 and 59. How many games played for each? 16 and then 10 for Martavis. Yeah, Martavis played six less games, and Wheaton had uh, more than double Bryant's catches. Yeah, I get it. I know how how it worked out. I just. Does Wheaton. The thing is, I think their offense spreads it around a little more. I don't know that Le'Veon Bell gets necessarily the same number of catches. 83, yeah, no. That's I, I don't bad. know that you know Antonio Brown gets 190-something targets. Yes, it I, does happen. <laughs> that, well, maybe he gets happen. 175. Is, look, the best part is that Martavis Bryant is going to continue to get premier opportunities Deep and on big plays because Antonio Brown is going to draw everybody else to him. Yep. And the other fact is that Ben Roethlisberger throws a fantastic deep ball. 
Put two and two together. It extends plays. Right. You, you're going to get some amazing performances. Look, it's not going to be... He, if he gets 65 catches, holy crap, he's going to have a great year. What, what, where was Wheaton's ADP? Tenth round. Tenth round. He's worth grabbing where he is, where he's at. And if you're feeling lucky, go ahead and grab him at nine point five round, tenth round, whatever. That's fine. But Bryant's the guy you want. The thing is, but where's Bryant going right now? Is fifth fifth fourth? round. Okay. I think he moved down from the fourth round. round. End of the fourth you guys round. End of the fourth round. You guys are in. He goes in the fourth round. Just you guys. <laughs> it's Sounds the like truth. You earlier. It's the truth. <laughs> Just you. Just you. It's no just it's true. Absolutely. You guys value Mike Evans high, higher than all the drafts. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the Senate's uh, <laughs> next one. Tight end and ball. You still got something to go? go yeah, yeah. I mean, just imagine this on the red zone. Uh, you know, you're going to run a bunch formation. You're going to put, you know, Marcus Wheaton running that quick out. You're going to run Antonio Brown over the end zone. And then Brian's just going to run to the back of the end zone, stand there, and catch touchdowns because that's. He got eight last season, and like half of those were in the red zone. He's going to be a big red zone threat. When they stuck him in in the red zone on that Monday night game, uh, you guys all remember watching that. That's when their offense changed, and that's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that's very true, and it is going to happen. I hope oh, he, oh, absolutely. I hope he can step up. There's a lot of pressure on him. This team wants to be the best offense in the league. There's a lot. A lot of it falls on him. He's only a second-year player. Um, remember, we, we, I'm not going to say it can't. Off in the I'm not saying it can't happen. And all the same measurables and had better size than Sammy Watkins. Absolutely. All right, tight end in Baltimore. Who is it? Max Williams? Nope. <laughs> no, it's a crack at Gilmore right now. Max Williams has even fallen behind and, and having trouble beating out that other guy that they uh, they drafted in the sixth he was round. Beating it out behind in the back of the locker room. No. <laughs> but <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that rookie tight ends don't do diddly. It's just a fact of the matter. Crockett's probably going to get more playing time than Max through the first, at least the first half of the season. Max Williams definitely has some talent. He can catch that ball, and he could do some things with it. And it's definitely an offense that's geared towards the tight end doing some damage. But I, I would not expect or go after a rookie tight end in a system that hasn't learned it yet, is having trouble in the preseason already, and having trouble beating out the other rookie that they drafted as well. Yeah, I, I, I like him for a future uh, type pick if, if you're in a dynasty league or whatever. But for this year, um, avoid rookie tight ends. It's just not worth your pick. Yeah, he's barely beaten out Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle, that's uh, it. So, I, I got a Nick Boyle on my back right now. Yohanna's got a Nick terrible name. Crockett Gilmore was named after Miami Vice by some drunk parents or something. <laughs> With their, his brother's name's Tubbs. <laughs> <laughs> Stag Party has no idea what that we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. The they Miami nice, theme? They drive nice cars. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, there's, I mean, over the course of the season, they might split up all these numbers across all these guys and have a makeshift Martellus Bennett. But there's going to be no one guy that gets the numbers. I don't think there's a tight end in Baltimore really worth owning this season until I see I see cracking out change my mind. Rocket and rubs. All right. Um, Daniel Fillmore. How does drafting three wide receivers plus a flex, whether it's a running back, wide receiver, or tight end, affect an already deep position? Ten-team PPR, one QB, two running back, three wide receiver, 
one tight end, one flex, defense kicker, six-point passing. Drafting nine, thinking of two studs, then best available. 17 spots. How many wide receivers do I draft? Daniel Fillmore. What do you guys think? He also well, I'd definitely draft a foul. Fairly. Who's drinking this, honey? No, I was saying it was a tradition back in the old country. Damn, that's nasty. The old country must have been fucked up. He wants to know how uh, drafting three wide receivers and a flex changed the depths at, at the position and how you kind of fill out your roster. Oh, well. okay. So uh, starting three wide receivers and a flex. That's what mm-hmm. I changed and my And two league. running backs. And two running backs. That's why I, start, I, I changed my league to this two years ago. So what is amazing about having that extra flex position is it ends up being almost any position on any given week, especially if you have 12 teams. We had three teams one week starting at a tight end Five teams are, are starting, uh, you know, uh, running backs, and the rest of them are starting wide receivers. So it's surprising. You had teams that employed uh, by drafting two higher uh, tight ends, because especially our league was a little bit more skewed in scoring, where tight ends got a 10-yard advantage where they started scoring and a two-reception advantage. So p- three teams decided to go with having tight ends as their flex. Crazy! It's interesting. I don't this is a ten basis. team. Is that still going to happen that way? That was a twelve team. This is a ten. Ten team. I would say you're going to have a little bit less, but you're still. It's the extra starting position and forcing three wide receivers means that it, it thins it out. Where when other leagues, when you have two wide receivers and a flex, well, I want to load up on wide receivers. So I, I love having like three stud wide receivers, and when that third one has to be my flex, it's annoying. Uh, and you don't get the value, and other people are hoarding all the running backs and screwing you from having any depth at running back. I mean, there's so many different strategies to play with here. Pretty much every league I play in uses this kind of format. So people can go three running backs in a row. People go three wide receivers in a row. People mix and match for the first seven rounds. Uh, people draft two tight ends early, and they kind of do all those things. And there's just a combination. It thins out the depth chart in the end. Uh, it, it just adds another layer of overall strategy. One thing I do hate, though, is snake drafts only going odd number of rounds. It's one of my biggest pet peeves on the planet. Wait, what? I don't understand. Only odd number of rounds. Only going to 17 rounds. Oh, yo, that's a bummer. That's yeah. No, uh, you Especially always... if you're late. Like, But 17 rounds is not fair. You, you, if you're starting, you have to always end with an, with an odd, an even number, so that the team that drafted first doesn't get the the, the, last the, best, advantage. the best last advantage in the last round. They should have the worst pick in the last round. Yep, I, I agree. Like want to know who I want to pick? Val Verde. I did my three years up at the county pen. Made some friends, went Muslim, now I'm out. Praise Allah. <laughs> all right, Tom. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Um, let's keep going. What do you guys uh, well, yeah, he was asking, like, how many wide receivers do you pick out of seventeen? Um, no I, more than you have running backs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it'll probably end up being because uh, you got to have uh, what a defense and a kicker as well. I don't know. What is it? Six? I five, think five, six, or five or six? Five or six? Five or six? Five or six. Same I, thing with you the know, running it, backs. It ultimately yeah. will depend on this too. It depends on what are you doing with your first couple picks. Where are you going super strong in? Because. If you went super strong in, in, in wide receivers at the top, if you've got a Dez and an A.J. Green or something like that, then you don't need to, to worry as much about having as many wide receivers. Five then, would be fine. Then, yeah, you know, in, in some cases, maybe, no, you probably still want five. Um, and then the rest, you should skew it to seven running backs or something like that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. 
So you're probably going to use 12 picks between running backs and wide receivers. Back up your strength uh, a little less than your weakness. Back up your weakness a little more. Uh, kind of go that way. So maybe 12 between them, maybe 13, depending on how strong you are at QB, how strong you are at tight end, um, and stuff like that. I, I prefer this type of league. It allows everybody to sort of employ a different strategy. And your flex is constantly different. Your waiver wire is a little bit thinner because, you know, some teams might employ that two tight end strategy if you could start them both. I think one team last year had a Julius Thomas and an Antonio Gates uh, starting most weeks. So I think it's, it's, it's so much more interesting when you add the flex onto standard, score, standard leagues with the three wide receivers. I never truly enjoyed the flex when it's the two wide receivers because what you always found, I always found, is that I was loaded at one year. Remember the year that Brandon Lloyd had the explosion year? Mm-hmm. I had I had three of the top five wide receivers on my team. And I'm trying to trade Brandon Lloyd because I needed to get help at running back. Everyone, the teams that have five running backs, remember, no one would trade me for Brandon Lloyd. And I'm going, he's viable as a better starting than one of your starting wide receivers. You could easily put him in as your flex, but for some reason people wouldn't trade him as much. Once I, I saw the shift, those phone calls. Would you have no, to, I'm telling you, yeah. it's it's great for you, Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> He's a top five wide. He was receiver. having a great year though. He had a, he had a fantastic he year. I couldn't, a fantastic I couldn't I couldn't sell him for sure. nothing for that year though. But the fact is, is that when you have starting three wide receivers and the flex, people are more open to do all kinds of trades and everything because of. It's it's more kind of a roster flexibility. You no longer have guys, especially for ten team leagues. I think we mentioned this in a couple podcasts ago. I said that you should definitely go to this, um, this format in a ten team league because it, it eliminates people from having such deep benches. They now have to start playing more guys. And now it, it kind of effectively makes a ten team league look like a twelve team league. I, I think that when you're like like seventeen guys in a league like this with that sort of uh, lineup. I think you definitely want to have 12 between running back and wide receiver. Uh, obviously, you got to have the one defense and the one kicker. Uh, so that's 14. You got three others to fill. Get a, get a dependable quarterback, get a dependable tight end, and figure out which one of those guys needs a backup. And if they don't, grab, throw, another. Throw, grab another running back or wide receiver. There you go. Cool. Oh, I think we're all, we all agree there. Nice question, Daniel. All right, Mickey Price, Stag Party, throw this one out for us. This is our last question, and then we're going to do something, uh, a, a list of questions, dog. Make sure you pull it up from the Fantasy Pros. Stag, what do we got? It says 12-team PPC. I don't know if that's correct. I don't know if it's supposed Point to be Point per P- catch. Okay, PPR that for most people. Eighth pick, I've been mocking taking wide receivers uh, with picks one and two, then picking up lots of uh, running backs in the following rounds. In later rounds, I find myself skipping over RB by committees like uh, Rashard Jennings in favor of backs with potential to take over the number one role, uh, like David Cobb, like Duke Johnson. Am I missing out on not taking higher-ranked backs? And he also says, I tend to take QB and tight end very late, and he has the Pyro draft kit, which is freaking awesome, because right. that, that's important. I, I'll <laughs> say this. I, you know, I... I, I... I worry and caution you about the going to Duke Johnson, David Cobb, going all the rookies, right? Because there is still some concern there. What I think is it's okay if you're waiting and you go for those stud wide receivers. PPR, I think, is even more 
where I would definitely, especially feeling good in that later half of the draft we were talking earlier, you know, would you grab one of each or would you do whatever? PPR, more confident than ever to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Because everyone's still drafting those top-end running backs, but I can still grab the C.J. Spillers. I can still grab the Shane Vereens. I can still grab the Giovanni Bernards. I can still grab plenty of these guys that are going to get you know Andre Ellington's by waiting and then are going to give me the multiple uh, point options, so I'm not going to drop off as far. If it's standard scoring, I don't like those guys nearly as much, but when you're getting a guy like Gio who's going to get you 60, 65 receptions probably out of that backfield, you know, you, you, you're, you can, and that's grabbing him in the I gotta check his fifth, round. fifth round. That's not bad, you know. And then you're you're loaded on wide receiver. I mean, I think there's a various styles you could play this. I still like taking, as we talked about earlier, one running back, one wide receiver, and then that gives you the most options. But we won't harp too much on that. Later, you can grab running backs that already have roles. I like to grab the ones that already have some sort of role that. Are, have potential for more. Uh, that's, I mean, I guess with Cobb, you, you might be doing that, but nobody knows for sure. Buck Allen sort of got that. He's going to be their third down back if he can ever get on the field. That's his role right now. See, but these are all rookies you're talking about. So what I'm talking about is that the rookies are the great unknown. You want to talk about old guys? No, they do. No, the I'm Danny not. Woodheads. Davis. So let's go throw Nile Davis Fine. instead of those guys, sure. Okay. I think that's a totally different part of the question than the guys he's offering up to us, though. Now Davis I, is right in the same zone he's as a he's guy talking that, about with David Cobb and And, and, and what he's talking about guys. is a guy that has the potential to take over if the other guy goes down. We know that now That's Davis what he's talking about. Like guys that have the potential to take over. He just happened to mention. I think he just happened to mention a couple of rookies. Well, but it, it's usually what happens, though, right? Because the teams that spend their high draft picks on rookie running backs are the teams that have speculation that they are not happy with well, what they currently have in their backfield. Here, here's what I'll say. I, and the thing is that you're going to have your, your running backs already. And when it comes down to it in the end there, do you really want, as we have put it many times in the past, Derek Mason on your team? Because that's what Rashad Jennings is. Uh, that oh. guy is a piece. Well, I don't like Rashad Jennings. That guy is a piece and is not gonna, he's not going to last more than 8 to 10 games. And Andre Williams is already pushing for his starting job. And I don't Williams think that guy's going to last. I would want Williams. Rashad Jennings on my team no matter what. Right. Okay, So I would rather take the chance on a Duke Johnson. I'd rather take the chance on a Nile Davis instead of grabbing that guy. I agree, it's not going to put up anything for you immediately, but I'd rather have the chance of it putting up something later than having Rashad Jennings sitting on my bench because he's a, a piece. We're having a different conversation. I'm not sitting here talking anything about Rashad Jennings. I know. I'm telling you all I know. Guys, that was just my... Right, right. So, I agree. Because Rashad Jennings, he's the piece of poop. Yeah. Okay, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. But... What I'm saying is, if you're going to pick one of those guys, that if you if you have one of those rookie guys that you want to go after, highlight the one, do your research, pick the one that you really feel more confident in, but don't overlook the guys that I'm just mentioning to you. Who okay, let's look at for ADP. Actually, Giovanni right now seventh round uh, on, on the fantasy football calculator here. He's probably so, falling a bit, yeah. Yeah. So and then even back there, you even still can get like a Trey Mason. You got. Uh, David Cobb is up in the eighth round right now. Shane Vereen right before him. So, you know, I personally, if it's PPR, I, I will, I will, and, and you know how much you don't like Rashad Jennings, I'll even jump on the Shane Vereen wagon then and, and take what Eli Manning is going to do in that screen game with Shane Vereen. 
I think the best thing to do is find a balance. Don't go too heavy on the rookies. Don't go too heavy on trying to get a guy that you think, no matter what, at some point is going to be the starter, even if it's like a Bishop Sankey and it's a, a crappy situation. Don't go, don't, eight go wide don't, don't do everything and say you're all in on that. Just have your eyes open to all the situations because I think you're going to be able to draft the best team. And you're going to, everybody that goes explosion, explosion, explosion and goes after it and goes after it, when you do that, you get usually get a lot of guys that what ifs, where you got to kind of play Stratego and, and take some slow and steady guys, take some what ifs, and take a, a rookie or so that you think could pop. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's it's okay to have a couple of st- slow and steady guys in your team. I just uh, was pretty adamant about not having Rashad Jennings. Big <laughs> <one>. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I think uh, are we good with that question? Yeah, I'm pretty All good. All right. Well, uh, Clinton from Fantasy Pro sent us yesterday uh, an offer, and we're going to take him up on it uh, to be uh, write up a few pieces um, for their Fantasy Pro's uh, expert article platform, I think they call it. Uh, Dog, you've got those questions in front of you. We figured Dog's going to wake up tomorrow and knock it out before noon, but we figured maybe this will help you, and you can listen to the podcast or... Uh, you can just transcript it if you want. But. I'll do it. I'll do it on <laughs> we'll, the pot. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just talk about them, uh, these questions right now and, and read away. All right. As I by the way, by right. the way, yes. sorry. Dogmatica. Wow. Rolling. Whoa. Whoa. We got a Heine. We got a Heineken. All right. So I, I went back whoa. to an old article. I don't know why I did it. We were ta- I was talking about it with somebody at one, at one point. But the GMOs that are in, like, Coors Light and PBR and Miller Light and all that shit, those things really fuck with your system. Like, really bad. And they threw out a few suggestions that don't have all that crap in them that, uh, will, you know, eventually hurt you in the long run. Heineken was one of them. I wanted Amstel Light, and for some reason the place I went to didn't have Amstel Light. I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. What are some of the other ones? Uh, well, some of the bad ones, I'll throw these out there. Uh, Newcastle is the worst. They found uh, components in there that actually cause cancer. It's the only beer they found that <laughs> there's stuff in it that actually oh, causes cancer. That's insane. Guinness is a bad one. I know Guinness is a bad one. Yeah, that, that, that's tough. But a lot of the other ones are just like organic beers, stuff that you'll, I mean, you're going to have to look up on your own. I can't give you the names on them. I couldn't remember them to, you know. So does this mean that the bullets, the PBRs, and the uh, and the old no, those will still be down, going down the gullet, just not tonight. Going down the gullet. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Americans. This is why we don't allow you in our beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> you get a few drinks and you own you become so dirty. Hey, no. you should go back to your street malls and drink your zimas and smear not ice. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can punch each other's ceiling. And you have no idea what Zima is, do you? No. That, uh, I knew that. Did you guys see uh, that Doug Martin petitioned the NFL because they called him Muscle Hamster on their Twitter? He's like, can you please stop calling me Muscle Hamster? Hey, Muscle Hamster. <laughs> at, least, at least people are talking about yeah, you. Yeah, right. The last two and a half years, I've heard the word Muscle Hamster twice. And I'm really happy if he comes back because we spent a lot it was of money both on about that my graphic. Yeah, right. We need it. <laughs> it's a cool graphic. Yeah, it's a sweet muscle hamster graphic. It's relevant as long as he's relevant. So, muscle hamster, take it. Be relevant. Uh, All right. So, go on these questions. Here, here are the questions. And uh, you know what? I mean, it's a blanket, but we'll go one at a time. There's three 
separate questions, and they're all three the exact same question. Different. One for RB, one for wide receiver, and one for tight end. Okay. So I'll read it once, and you'll get it. It's the same thing for exact same thing for all three positions. Um, here's the question: What RB outside of the top twenty RBs ADP has the best chance to finish the season as a top ten RB? So obviously the same thing applies for wide receivers and tight ends, and we'll go into those first, uh, as, uh, second and third. But RBs, um, there's definitely you already, you already mentioned one. yeah, Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory. Ivory is definitely one of them. Ivory at this point. Well, you know what? Let's pull up the ADP at this point. He's right at now. Uh, 25th amongst uh, running backs. Uh, fifth round, fifth pick in the fifth round is where he's averaging. Goals. I have him as tw- my 25th. In... No, he's 30th on He's 30th, 30th yeah. And when you pull well, it up. Pro, okay, I'm, I'm going on. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, he's 30th he right now. He keeps you know. switching back and forth. Fantasy football calculator is best for most relevant, uh, like, I don't think you wanted the, the most relevant and the most weak. You want to know well, who's going to be all right. be This is a fantasy pros question. Oh, you're right. You've got to go with fantasy pros. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I'm going to throw out the names that I think are relevant at this point because after 20, there are definitely some names that deserve consideration. I'm going to throw out the names and you guys tell me what you guys are thinking at this point. Awesome. Just right. yes or no? Yeah. Uh, okay, we can go yes or no. Uh, at this point, we can talk about it if you want. 21 is Joseph Randall. Yes. You think that's a possibility he's going to be a top 10 guy? He could. With that Dallas offensive line, I think yes is the correct answer there. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Okay. I mean, Next especially guy. if Darren McFadden comes in and goes three for four again. Yeah. We're, we're asking on possibility. Yes. Possibility, yes. Same as Jets. 22, Todd Gurley. Absolutely. I would say absolutely not. I would agree with that. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying the percentage is high, but the percentage is there that if he does play from week one or even goes start playing week six, what have you, he could explode. That's the that's thing. I think that if he – he would have to do it from week six on is right, what right, it is. Yeah. And because St. Louis's uh, rushing schedule is so tough and the fact that he's a rookie, um, like they won't even let him take blocking practice right now. And it's – we're two weeks before the season here. I just, I just can't see it. Will he have the talent eventually? Yes, he definitely has talent, but it's just not going to happen this year. I, I, I agree with you. His talent is top ten. It's not possible this year, in my opinion. Okay. Well, well, you know, let's say that he does make it back. You know, let's let's compare. What does him. make it back mean to you? Let's say he's starting to play by week four. Starting and getting twenty plus carries a game. No, let's say that he's getting limited carries in in, in the beginning. You know, is it possible? I mean, I guess it's not the same because, you know, Adrian Peterson, when he came in, you know, only started nine games, played in 14 that first year. Different situation. True. He was getting more <laughs> carries, though, from the get-go, too. So, let's see. Let's, look, we don't need to stick on this one, too. I, 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 I don't think he's going to finish in the top. I think that small percentage <laughs> of chances he, he could playing, be, it could, it, 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 it might, it might. He'll be a ma- he if he's healthy. He will be such a major impact to any team that drafts him. But the problem is, is that where you're drafting him there, twenty two, you're drafting him as a, as a guy that you're expecting to start for your team. I mean, basically, so. he'd have to pull a CJ Anderson and have a CJ Anderson like stretch where he's the number one no running back in scoring for like eight weeks. That's what would have to happen for him to finish yeah. the top. In a Jeff Fisher offense. 
Hey, he runs uh, with the second toughest rushing schedule in the entire league. And maybe one of the worst offensive lines. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to the next guy. <laughs> I just like to say I'm going to throw this oh, last <laughs> thing out there on Todd Gurley. I know it's completely different with you guys, 100, percent and I'm the completely opposite end of the spectrum. He did not pass my eye test. I'll tell you that right now. He did not pass my eye test for somebody who was going to excel in these first couple of years. I could see it down the line, but it, he was made by that team that was around him. I think that... What? Oh, my made God. Made by hold, the team hold on, hold on. Georgia in the SEC? Dude. Have you seen you... Nick Chubb, who put up better numbers at Georgia on, behind the same offensive line? Every number you look at, Nick Chubb is better than uh, yeah, his I'm, last I'm, season. I am not... Insanely I watched, I watched five guys. Georgia games last year. He passed my eye test. The now guy, watch Nick Chubb pass your eye test even more. He'll give you a straight up Chubb. This girly is not the <laughs> se- <laughs> nice. He's not the second coming. All right, I'll tell you that right now. Great talent, but not the second coming. All right, moving on. T.J. Yeldon. Save that on record. No. Yeah, I think yes. T.J. Yeldon has a, 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 a the volume he's going to get. No, gives him potential. But I don't think it happens. Not with a team that averaged the ball in their time of possession last year at 27 minutes a game. They're going to no. be better. The thing is, to be a top 10 running back, you sort of have to be on a good football you team. You do. And <laughs> they're not going to be a good football team. No. Okay, next guy. Dude, it's, all, it's also volume. Uh, no, it's actually not volume dependent. There's a couple in there that didn't have volume. Um, we already know the answer to this one. Yeah, Rashad Jennings is a no. Uh, Amir Abdullah. I'm not saying anything. No, you want to know what? Here's the thing. They're all rookies. Not, we're, talking, we're talking top ten or top or, ten. Top ten. Top. No, 10. I don't think he's going to be top ten. The you know, he'll have a nice production. It's a good offense. He's never going to. He's not going to be enough of a lead guy from the very beginning. I don't think to be top ten. I, I just don't see that. Top fifteen, maybe, but not top ten. Could he do this? And then I'll tell you who it is. Two twenty three for a thousand. Four rushing touchdowns, 54 catches for 506, and three receiving. I don't know about that much. So 1,500 1500 total yards. 1,500 total yards and seven touchdowns. I'm looking at more like 1,200 total yards and six touchdowns. Okay. Who was that guy that you were talking about? Hold on. What do you think if you could do it? I mean, I, I, I assume you're, that's You're possible. on the borderline. <laughs> I'm on the borderline, but I, I think that what you're looking at is skewed because last year, the... Uh, that wasn't the, last year. That was Reggie Bush in 2013 when he was the 11th ranked running back playing next to Joyke Bell because that's the role he's going to play, right? He might even be more um, interesting. And that was in 14 games, I might add. Interesting, interesting. He oh. looks good in some of these carries and run. The okay. You got me. It's possible. Uh, it's possible. I don't think it's very likely at all, though. But Who's it's next very guy? possible. Next, next guy is Joyke Bell. And not possible. No, I do like, not find it possible with like Joyke. No, he's uh, Joyke isn't going to last the, the How season. How many surgeries this season? This it's, 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 knee, knee and Achilles. <laughs> The, awesome. knee, the knee is the one that really worries me, though, for him. It's, it, Could you imagine? It's the, it's the combination of the both and the fact that he had one the year before, too. Yeah. He's just never been... So, so the thing is, with Joyke Bell, is he going to beat the season he had last year, where he was the 14th ranked running back in 15 games? 860 yards, 7 TDs, uh, 322 passing yards, and 
a uh, reception touchdown. He, 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 he threw did, the ball a lot last year. He did most of that damage at the end of the year, too, by the way. It was a horrendous first half of the season for Joyce Bell. But but the fact that why they're both ranked right next to each other right now is because there's that kind of conversation going on. But I think that the everyone who's doing our rankings and any of us know that Joyce Bell has a much lower ceiling than Amir Abdullah. And exactly. and actually, even at this point in time, I you know wait, let's wait a week. I bet you this spread gets even further I because agree. the floor for Amir Abdullah is higher. Potentially, I think than the ceiling for Joint Bell. Well, the, the longer that Bell isn't even practicing, and the more that Abdullah impresses, obviously the it's going to spread the, the. And if it's know, the just Theo Riddick, then then Theo Riddick assumes the other role. Abdullah becomes the main back, but. What Abdullah has I, up, I, I think that's wrong. Well, you know what though? But I here's think the thing. Riddick isn't going to be much of anything. I, I don't. I don't either. Because what I'm saying, uh, let me finish my thought. Is that I think that what's going to end up happening though is that Abdullah can do it all, and, and then they'll just kind of lean on him if he can stay out there. Leave him on third downs as long as he can block. I mean, that's what you know. That's that's the only. He's question. actually shown well in the blocking. He's exactly. actually a better blocker from Nebraska. Than yeah. The thing is, Zach Zenner would have a role Zenner, if, exactly. if Joyt Bell was not there. He'd be the early down, first and second down thumper. They like Amir Abdullah in the sort of change of pace, Reggie Bush role. If, that's what they drafted him for. That's what they're going to do. And that's what it if is. If they cut Zenner, uh, which okay. there's been talk of, that would be the most idiotic cut I've ever heard. Okay, then George Wynn will do that. I, really, I know. But they, well. they, but they're they're going to keep Zenner, but there's been talk of them keep, uh, cutting him. And they better not do it because that guy... Uh, has some future potential. Next guy on the list, Aaron Foster. Yeah. Especially if he's only out four games, like they're saying? If he's only out four games, he only played 13 games last year, averaged 20 carries a game. He had more carries than, uh, I think it was more than, I think, everybody except for three or four guys in the entire league, and he played four less games. Uh, and he was a top ten guy. He was a t- uh, seventh uh, or five, fifth and fifth in <laughs> standard. That's just ridiculous. Fifth and standard. I'm uh, saying no. I think it's possible. Yes, I, I, I'd uh, say is yes. He com- is he coming back late September and getting into those twenty carries, or is he coming back in September and they're giving him five carries? Well, he was used to under him. It was and it's really him said, coming back. He was going off the bone, right? Yes, and they said it was potentially. Um, but it, they're not sure if it went all the way. I, I haven't heard whether it's all the way or, or not all the way off the bone, which makes a big difference. If it's still connected, it's a lot easier for it to come back and, and attach itself. Um, so it, if it, they said it was a possibly just a four to six week injury, and that was almost four weeks ago, three, three four weeks ago. Okay, so they're talking if it's six weeks, you're talking start of the season, a little more rehab, get him back fourth week, fifth week. The guy could be rolling. It, it's a that's a possibility. But, but again, we talk. It, it okay. I'll I'll grant it because we're looking at if he stays healthy after that point in time, and based on his history, he's he can put up those numbers. But also based on his history, he gets injured a lot. Never plays a full slate of games anyway. Yeah. So should we let's rifle through some other guys if you want, or even look deeper down and then let's get yeah. Into no, the I'm, other I, I, listen, I'm, I'll. It, uh, some easy, uh, easy answer guys that I'll just throw out there: Giovanni Bernard, no, no, Legarrette Blount, maybe, probably not. Yeah, either. probably not. Yeah, no. especially with the one All game. All stars aligned for him. He never. No, it's just not going to. No, happen. it ain't yeah. going to happen. 
Chris Ivory. Maybe. I thought it was a yeah. maybe. I thought I'm a little higher on him than others are, but Ivory I think is a possibility. CJ Spiller? Yeah, Mark Ingram breaks his leg. No. Sp- Spiller is a possibility. Possible, but it'd be tough. Doug Martin? Yeah. Yes. Tevin Cole? No. 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 No for me either. <laughs> Isaiah Crowell? No. no. I don't know if we'll ever get enough yards. Maybe. No, not enough, not, not enough everything. I don't see it. I don't see Way it. too it's, many three-hand job circles going on there. Yeah, there, there's too many breads in the middle of the circle. Um, <laughs> Ookie cookie, dog. Ookie cookie. <laughs> God, yeah, there's, there's nobody else I can really see that. I don't even know what that is. Just, <laughs> I have an idea. It's not a dog in the tub worthy of Ookie uh, cookie. <laughs> is that what you play with your friends when you were in yeah. high school? No. Oh, is that is that is that like the olive game? Oh, move on. <laughs> All right. Lucky cookie. I'm just gonna throw out names that I think I personally think are possible. Very very remote, but but possible. Uh, Ryan Matthews, if Demarco Murray goes down, pretty early. Demarco Murray, if Ryan Matthews goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we already have that break. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Cobb or Sankey? No, probably not. No. Um, Got to be a good team. Yeah. You you seen anybody else down there? Nile Davis. If Nile Davis. Darren McFadden. McFadden David when Johnson. Joseph Randall goes down. Then Lance Dunbar when Darren McFadden goes down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, They'll be top ten for weeks. <laughs> Ronnie Hillman if CJ Anderson oh, goes down immediately. Hillman's been looking real good. What yeah, I, told, I told you guys. You guys were all in on Bell Ball when we were. We in got them both. Okay, we got good. him up. Hellman, <laughs> last year he looked so good when he was playing. Um, all right, let's move on to the next position. I think that covers a lot of guys. Um, there's a number of players that are maybes. Chris Johnson. No. <laughs> Throwing it out there. All right, Trent Richards. Uh, all right, next uh, next one is wide receivers. Um, and Deshaun well, Jackson won't get enough volume. Okay, so we'll start with number 21, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, can he be top 10? You know what, though? I don't think so, Not especially since they're moving him to the the Y position in that offense instead of being the X. He maxed out last year in that offense, and it wasn't top ten. I just can't see it happening. Um, Keenan Allen? No. No. I don't think he... He doesn't have an elite skill. Right. I, know, think, I think he needs an elite many, skill to be top ten, especially many, at wide receiver. If at running back, you could walk into it. At receiver, you can't. I think does he break away from anyone? How many fifty-yard touchdown and catch and runs are you going to see from Keenan Allen? Zero. I, well, that, that doesn't matter. That's not what his his his, his game is processed on. It's the fact that matters. If they didn't have Stevie Johnson there, I think it would be a possibility. He's got I a really possibility. Do. Antonio Gates is suspended. He for was the first basically four a top games. ten guy two years ago when he was a rookie. Well, he Gates has gone for the first four games, and 17. Gates took up a ton of targets. 17, you know, and that was barely playing the first couple of games. You know Ladarius Green is not doing it in the first four games, so this that'll, that that's his opportunity. Matthew Floyd still has a long ball right, role, but, and that's fine. But Stevie Johnson, I think, is the big factor here. But if Keenan's going to uh, impress himself on and into this type of potential, to have that potential... Those first four games are the most telling because yeah. that's the best chance he's going to have all sure. season to have everything going his way. He's the one that's been working with Philip Rivers for all these years, not Stevie Johnson. Antonio Gates is not there. Ladarius Green blows ass. Ladarius Green does not blow ass. I would love him on the Bears. I would kill for him on the Bears. Get rid of 
Bennett immediately. Is he going to step any day up? Of the week. Is he going to step up in those first four weeks, Ladarius Green? I, it's. I, I hope so. Where do, are you? Are you confident in drafting him as a, a backup tight end this year? I'm not. Let's stick to. No. The, let's yeah, stick to the right, top. Right. We can get to with Ladarius when we get to tight ends if we want. I mean, Keenan Allen. You just got to think. Is he going to score double digit touchdowns? Does he pretty much need double digit touchdowns to be a top ten wide receiver. I think he does. I do. That, I, I, think I think that's his does. top end. I think ten's his top end. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, is he ever going to be a seven, eight, seven, eight? Well, he had eight his first year, so you got to give him at least eight. I just think ten's his top end number. You know, he's six two, six three, two hundred ten, two fifty. You guys think uh, uh, he doesn't have an elite skill? What's his elite skill? Catching the shit out of the ball, beating the crap out of people. That guy runs over <laughs> people. That guy is an animal out there. If you saw him that rookie year, it'd be like, dude. Wow, man, I'm underestimating this guy. I've watched Keenan Allen for like six years. Last year he sucked. Six years. His rookie I've year him. he was awesome. I'll tell you this. Since he I played Houdini, it's going to be a big opening of the season for him. If Rivers has got that, I'm locking in on Keenan and going to give him 13 targets. And he's uh, Gates's uh, missing Gates goes to Keenan Allen. It could be a special thing. He's a, he's a guy, Keenan Allen, we saw him that, uh, in his uh, freshman year, that he is a guy that he rides momentum. He's hot or cold. So if he can start out hot, it could be a big season for him. But I think his I think personally his upside is more in that uh, 15 to 20 zone where I think he probably will end up there uh, almost no matter what. But I don't see him cracking the top 10 really. Well, I'll crack something. I'm going to crack a bell. See, you guys, it's... And it's Cross America? That's what we were just saying. We almost made it. A couple of breaks in the chain, right? Hands across America! <laughs> Hands across America. You, you three are singing that next week. So, by the way, since we haven't mentioned it, the, the movie is Beer Fest. Beer tonight. Fest. Yeah? Fun one, fun one. What is the beer that you're festing on? Over I'm there? festing on my uh, Victory Storm King Stout, my old standard. Nice. And I'm doing a Deschutes Brewery. You know, I like it. Oh, Love yeah. that Bend Oregon stuff. Usually I'm doing the fresh squeeze. You know, tonight I did the Twilight Summer Ale. Uh, first time I'd ever had it. Really enjoying it. A lot, lot lighter, but it's still the thing I love about Deschutes is they do a really nice, fruity, fruity tasting beers, and that's what I'm into. And as we said earlier, Dogmatica is 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 firing it up over there, going with the, you know the beer like out of Amsterdam. Uh, great time with the Heineken. I like seeing the green bottle over there. No. Uh, Stag parties. The music today is Supergrass. We started out with All Right, and then on the way out, it's the Strange One or the Crazy Strange ones? ones. Okay, the Strange Ones. Two great songs, Supergrass, awesome, awesome band. Quick story, talk about rock and roll. Steven Spielberg went to them when they first came out in about the mid-late 90s and wanted to do a Supergrass show with them as the modern-day monkeys. So Supergrass was going to be the next monkeys. They turned it down because uh, they were really wanted to just be about the music. Great band, put out five or six awesome albums out, maybe seven, uh, five or six. Uh, didn't do it. I bet you they would be a more famous band right now if they had jumped on board and done a Spielberg monkeys esque TV show. But great, great band. If you haven't heard it, Supergrass. You know I love that Britpop shite. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're Supergrass. Doesn't um, work. All right. <laughs> hey, right. hey, Valverde. Next, gonna do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I can work with that. All right. So happy. Next, uh, Brandon Marshall. No, for me. Stags? 
I gotta say no. I'm a big Brandon Marshall hater right now. So I'm not a hater. I like him. I think it's probably a no. But what if? You know, we like we said we said before. Fitzpatrick is a lock and load guy. He is gonna and and if you don't give it to Brandon Marshall, you're gonna hear about it all week and in the locker room anyways. So I could just see Fitzpatrick. Yeah, slinging it to Marshall all the time. I don't think he gets there, but I definitely think he could be a 10 to 15 guy. I kind of am expecting it. Top 10, no. Uh, 10, 10 to 15, sure. It's a possibility. Um, I think more likely 15 to 20. It's a Jets receiver. That's all. It's, it's a running offense. I, you're usually not going to produce a top 10 receiver in a running offense like that. I mean, let's just go off history. Uh, Fitzpatrick has put out 1,000-yard receivers with Stevie Johnson, but they get like seven touchdowns, and they get no more than like 1,100 or 1,200 yards, usually in that 1,000 uh, to 1,040 to 1,080 for yeah. Stevie Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, if Brandon Marshall's better than that, that's fine. So... Maybe he gets 1,100 tops, and then he gets seven, seven or eight touchdowns. He'll be right outside, maybe the top. He'll be a top 20-ish receiver, and you're getting him in a better value than that. I just don't think he has potential to do more. Uh, Marshall without Cutler, you know, 1,000 yards and five touchdowns in Miami, right? So that's just the history of it. No. So that's what we're looking forward to is 1,000-ish yards and, you know, seven touchdowns. Agreed. Um, next, not talking about Marshall anymore. Next, Martavis Bryant. Yes. yes. You guys are. You guys are. I'm such gonna. I'm gonna say no. Smokers. I, I, I'm gonna say no because I don't see Pittsburgh having two top ten wide receivers because Antonio Brown is gonna be there. I see him. I think he could be eleven or twelve. I just don't see 10. <laughs> you nitpicking motherfucker. Yeah, I am a nitpicking motherfucker. Here's why. Here's why. Look, he, what was it? He had the magical Carl Pickens 26 receptions last year. Yeah. But he didn't go for 325 yards and one touchdown. No, Correct. He went for so, 800. So he, if he gets double-digit touchdowns, which is going to be possible because, again, I'm projecting for Agreed. Ben Roethlisberger, his best, he had 32 touchdowns was his all-time high. I'm I'm thinking closer to forty. So Agreed. increase that. Give him eleven hundred yards and give him double digit touchdowns, and I think he's there. I mean, I think he's one of the guys who could have twelve touchdowns. Yeah. That's the thing. So that's why I think he has a chance to be top ten. I, I'm just, guy, we I, talk about this guy. Too I, 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 I do got to say one more thing. I am worried a little bit about the fact that they're not using him in that first team offense right now. Why do they keep using Wheaton there? Why aren't they throwing Bryant out there? Bryant worked his ass off during the summer. Supposedly he was impressing all that much. Why aren't they mixing him in there? He's been playing with the second and third teams in the second half of these preseason games. Why would you risk him in the second half of a preseason game at this point if you really think that he's ready for the big time? I also think, look, you it just know, bums me out a little bit. You, I believe in Mike, I love him to Mike death, Tomlin. <laughs> but, I believe in Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin is obviously, look, Doing things, remember Zach Ertz, who we're all high on, and they were not putting him with the first team. He was running with the second team we talked about this weeks ago. It's the same type of a thing. Martavis Bryant, look, you want to get the most out of the guy. Energize him. Also, if he's not out there playing every down, he's coming in and burning everyone because he's fresh. Fine. He's got to get reps, right? What else do you get reps besides in the game? Especially when you have an elbow, a uh, little surgery to go in and clean it up. you got to get reps. 
So wake, anybody wake me up? Are we done with this guy? All right, Jeremy Macklin. No. 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 Okay, <laughs> thank you. Jesus, if you said yes, if you're we out, we had words. <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you, I have limits. I don't think he can get double-digit touchdowns, and that's how I consider it. Next guy, Jarvis Landry. No. 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 Vincent Jackson. No. Maybe. Mike, Mike Wallace. Maybe. No. Maybe. I agree. Who? No. Who'd you Vincent say maybe? Jackson. But no. On top ten? Yeah. Why not? In I, if, if, if Mike Evans is hobbled with his little hamstring, okay. If he's you watched if, him, if he's he looked better than Michael uh, Mike Evans did on Sunday because it was a perfect. He, he caught two passes that were perfect. So if they're not perfect, he isn't getting them anymore. <laughs> and he doesn't go up and get the balls anymore. He has no leaping ability anymore. That was the big thing that he made useful in San Diego. He doesn't have the leaping ability anymore. Not the same that he used to. He just happened to get a couple of perfect passes, which is not going to happen from Winston all the time. Next guy. Um, uh, Roddy White, no. No. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I say yes. I know you guys probably don't agree with me, but I think You're talking about a a possibility. Now, again, D-Rex, what's the possibility? What's the percentage of possibility? I don't say it's over 50%, but I'm... I'll throw a twenty yeah. percent chance on Aguilar having in that offense. What we've seen done with Deshaun Jackson and Jerry Macklin and anyone that's going into that role, I'll I'll take a chance. I love it that you call him Jerry Macklin. Um, Jerry Macklin. <laughs> but also, didn't they they scored forty points that last weekend? I mean, this is like Barkley throwing, you got Tebow going. This team is going to be scoring so many friggin' points that obviously there's a chance Aguilar could make it happen. Uh, so, I say yes. I think he's more of a top 20 guy, and that's still just going to way outshine his ADP. Um, let's, we'll put it, let's put it this way. Um, I think that this offense is just as explosive as a Green Bay offense. Pretty much. They score as many points. They get that ball out there to many different guys, and the, 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 there's a the potential there. Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb both finished in the top six. Uh, I think it's as explosive as Denver. Uh, Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders finished both in the top seven, uh, fourth and seventh. I think that these two guys have the potential. Uh, Jordan Jordan Matthews last year barely played or was barely involved in like four or five games. You know, four or five, six games. He ended up 24th. Macklin was number nine. Macklin's position is what Aguilar is going to be playing this year. Matthews is going to basically stay in the same role and get more volume and maybe move outside a little bit more and have all the slot stuff. Uh, I mean, Matthews, I, I think that Matthews, to be quite honest, I, I slotted him wrong. I, I'm almost positive that guy's going to be a top-ten guy this year. I, I'm almost positive he's, go, he's going to be. It depends on if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's a top-ten guy this year. The fact that Jeremy Macklin did it last year with less the volume, I expect at least for Jordan Matthews to get this year. I think that both of those guys have potential in top it, 10. It, it's, 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 this goes to the whole power and numbers thing. It goes to number one. With Chip Kelly, it's not necessarily about quarterback. Bradford's a competent quarterback, but we saw it be successful with Mark Sanchez as well. That's scheme. Then you have guys like, because you know, we'll, we'll come up to, I'm sure, Devontae Parker. I'm sorry, Devontae Adams, who is a guy that could, I think, absolutely could potentially be a top 10 because of scheme and because of quarterback. Because absolutely. of everything that you have going on there. So, 
that's why it's it's always important that you don't want to have the number one uh, wide receiver on Cleveland, Dwayne Bowe, because you would rather have these guys who's even the potentially the number four wide receiver on Green Bay yeah. because you have the opportunities to get some Bell Bernays. Look at the size of this graduating cylinder. 2,000 milliliters. <laughs> the thing that concerns me about Nelson Aguilar is... Touchdowns. How many is he going to get? Is he going to get the 10 like a Jeremy Macklin got? That's the question. If he's I mean, at, Jordan, uh, Jordan Matthews getting basically 12 games. Yeah, but I think Eight? he's much bigger. Well, it's also a different position. Macklin was doing it and Deshaun Jackson both did it in Chip Kelly's offense as guys who were able to get behind defenders and make the big plays. Aguilar in the preseason, when we saw him make the moves, it was him making a move on a, on a hitch and, and, and then, then going. Now, he had good go speed. Is he going to be able to have, though, the when he's going on a go-route or whatever, the ability to just outrun guys? That's going to be the biggest question. And it could be the only thing that hinders him from having that, that be that guy. The thing is, he's shiftier than either of those guys, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the he's go not speed faster than Not faster. He's not faster than Deshaun. But better move but off the line or what? He's an a elite, elite punt returner. Yeah. So he's in the open field... field. In the open like, field, he's probably like better he's than probably one, He's probably a top five in the entire Nash, National Football League. Top five flag football player. You want to know what he's <laughs> No doubt. Here's what that you says just, to me. I like it. I Here's like what's going to happen, because I already own him in, uh, in two leagues as, as in rookie drafts that I took him in. He's going to be my modern-day... Um, uh, what, uh, what's the guy from... Uh, Tony uh, Martin. No, 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 no. From the Michael Irvin. Where, you know... I'd rather have the guy when Deshaun and, and Macklin got it behind him. It was gone. It was like, okay, I already got a seventy-yard touchdown. He's gonna be like the microphone where it's like he's running, he's going, it's like, he's making moves, please. he's making moves. Two-yard line, down he goes. There goes my big touchdown. Then they run the fucking ball in. It goes to Demarco fucking Murray. Good <laughs> happen. It won't. Yeah. It didn't, didn't look like it in that first game of no, preseason. No, though. That He made those moves and he had that separation and. He was that was all after yak that was yakety yak so we'll see this is going to be such an exciting friggin team to watch and I get to have uh, you know my bone come off the uh, grind the grind for Tebow grind come off the bone conversion all right there's uh, there's still a there's still a handful of guys here left that deserve at least a comment or two others are just yes or no all right next Allen Robinson D Rex. I no, everything's got to really no. He can't be top ten, but he's promising young talent. No, when Blake Bortles only threw twelve touchdowns last year, and the promise is probably about twenty-two at most. No, touchdowns, not, no chance. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think he has the potential to be uh, fifteen to twenty, but uh, yeah, it's t- top ten, probably not. But I, I think that the fifteen to twenty is a legit possibility. Victor Cruz, no, no. I would like to say yes, but I'm going to have to say no. My, 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 my brain says be smart. I'm going to tell you right now, um, from what we've seen in the preseason, ODB has been double and triple teamed, like I said, the second that season ended. And he has been not looking good because of it. And he has been getting angry, if you guys have been watching, yeah. uh, all that sort of stuff. He's been yelling at uh, the other team every time he gets hit. He goes after the guy who hits him because he hates getting hit. 
Uh, this guy's getting injured. This guy is not going to make it through the year. If Victor Cruz can actually be healthy through the whole year, might end up the number one and might end up being right back where he was a few years, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, which is top 10 territory, guys. Well, I'll say this. No matter what, I agree with what you're saying. I I still have ODB. By the way, the commercial between those two is freaking hilarious. I haven't seen it yet, but I know what it is. <laughs> it's funny. I still have ODB as the number five wide receiver on my tiers ahead of Calvin Johnson. And maybe because of all this, that that might need to change. You know, he might need to slide down a little bit. But regardless, I'm not drafting Odell Beckham Jr. Because I'm not going to... It's one of my things. Career year beware or just... Jump on scene and overpay for for what we saw from a, a period of time. I'd rather go with the guys if I'm drafting those wide receivers that I've seen it from before. Do except it. for Mike Evans where I'm okay, I'm sticking my neck out. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> but, are, I, you are drafting. You are drafting Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cruz is on everyone. This is exactly what I, what I like about Cruz. Would you take an A.J. Green over an Odell? Not you know what? Here's what it is. Him do it. No, no, here's what it is. Every time you mention stags, the stats are insane. Here's the answer. The answer is this. When I, if I'm at the end of my draft, you know, 10, 11, 12, I'm going to pass on Odell Beckham on that first part. If he's taken already, fine. But if he goes while it, while it comes around and then it comes back and for some reason Mike Evans is not on the board, yes, I would take A.J. Green with that, with that other pick because it's not that I would take him over Odell. It's just that... I don't want the Odell Beckham headache that's going to be what it is going to be this year when you draft him at the top of your team because that's what you're doing. You're then you're expecting true. you know it's a whole different thing when you pick the guy up off, off of waivers and he added to your team. He's moving down a little bit though. Remember when we were first yeah. mocking and doing this stuff? It was like the fifth pick. And you're right, like, Jeez Louise. These people are really fresh off the championship that he provided them. It's getting a little more realistic, but I agree with you, dog. We got to see if Victor Cruz is there. Ruben Randall's, but he's taking a hit on everyone. He's not looking great. And ODB, they got no tight end to speak of. They, unless Vereen all of a sudden is going to be an 80 catch guy, ODB needs the pressure to be released from him. Because right now, it is swarm ODB and he's not responding well, like no, you said. Not at this, all. Is, this is my whole point. Everybody else around. This is the ODB effect. And the ODB effect is a wonderful effect if you're going to draft giant players. And I encourage you to draft giant players. Just not ODB. Because they're falling where you get them in value for what you can get because of the attention paid to the other guy. It's amazing how many guys in the NFL can be great players when they don't have to be the main guy. Has anybody seen Eli Manning throw the ball well right now? I know it looks really bad. So, that's his. I, that's his preseason. That's true. He always throws bad in the preseason. There's enough history honest. on him to say it's. I'm not. But I'll tell you right now, with the injury history of those top three receivers on the Giants, mm. you want a, a wide receiver four that has the potential to put up wide receiver two, three numbers for you. Hit me, James Jones, baby. That's right. That's where he ended up. Corey Washington, the real preseason star. <laughs> It's Corey Washington's been falling behind James Jones in the preseason here. I don't know. If they keep James Jones, I do like Corey Washington. He's younger, and but they might want the steadying like veteran factor there. So I think that James Jones actually sticks. I've read that James Jones is on the bubble. He might stick for these reasons because who knows what happens with these injuries and crews and whatnot. But if he did get cut. He would probably be a guy that the Green Packers would go back to. Of course they would bring him back. For that reason, if you've got your drafts pretty soon here, and you like him as the fourth, and you like the chances of even if he gets cut, maybe the opportunity there, 
That's nice late round. Light, that is nice a great late, call. As a matter of fact, line. I think he would walk into Green Bay and immediately be the number three receiver. Right? Well, let's also understand Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson's a guy who does everything about guys that he drafted. It's all about whether he, the ego on him is amazing, but the results are also amazing. Yeah. He has not had wow. to reach out and, and like go spend crazy money. Who's the biggest free agent they've signed the last few years? Julius Peppers. Yeah, that's an aging who's on defense, third contract, so which was like goes back to like when they when they got Reggie White when free agency started. It was like harkening back then, but everything else they've done is through their own draft picks. So look who they also have as a, on their coaching staff right now: Edgar Bennett. Did you so, say? Did yeah, you say Harkin? Do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you slip a Harkin in there? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought I heard Harkin. No. James Jones is my sleeper of the week, by the way. Yeah, a deep sleeper of the week. Love I it. bet you he ends nice. up in Green Bay. Next guy. Um, I'm going to say yes on this. And, as a matter of fact, it's a definite yes on this. Steve Smith. No. I'm buying into the dogmatic's thoughts because I think if Alshon can do it with Trestman, Stevie Fist, the most competitive guy, the exact opposite of an Alshon, is going to be just hungry as hell. Now, the worry with, with Smith is he's a half-season guy, so he's going to knock it out for the first seven games, and then I don't know what happens. Oh, father time. Uh, I don't hey, know what He happens. already said it's his last year ever. Yeah. He's point. going oh, all out. Oh, this is his retirement year? 16 yeah. years. 16 okay. games. He's going all out. He's not going to be a half-season guy this year. And he's in a Tressman system, and he's the number one, and they don't even know who the number two is yet. Yeah. He's going to be getting yeah. targets out the ass You're not kidding. You don't, Period. Okay, we already talked about it. You don't know who the dang tight end is, and whoever it is is not that good. You have Brashad Perriman, who was expected, and, and whenever he does get healthy, will assume an, a, a nice role in the offense, but he's... Far behind now in this offense because of the fact that he's missed all this time. Right. So it's Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken, yeah. Kamar Aiken. It's a Steve Smith all day long, fellas. I can call it. I think I called it on last. I week's still can't podcast. say top ten though. He was a top three receiver for the whole first half. He's yeah, I know. Just so you know, he doesn't top three. And remember, remember he's our he's our superstars winner. And yeah, yeah, superstar. Remember what he did. That's early? right, baby. <laughs> remember what he did earlier in his career where. He had the Dal- Jake Dalhoum, yeah. and he was the top five. He was like literally a first-rounder back for like four or five years in a row. This guy's a serious player. Um, I like it. I think he falls outside of it, but what if? You never know. Yeah, it's a po- I think it's possible. Yeah, the tra- it's a Tressman system, and you, that systems mean the world when it comes to shit like this. When you look at his, at, his, at his pendulum swing, it's on the upswing at the end of his career as opposed to being on the downswing. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to, imagine how different you would feel about Steve Smith if he ended up where his last year's wide receiver mate, Torrey Smith, ended up this year. Yeah. Not oh, nearly as good. Next guy. Um, Larry Fitz. No. 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 Devontae Adams. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes, we'll yes. just throw it out there. Yes, it's close though. Torrey Smith, as we said, no, no. Charles Johnson. I don't know if he has. The I don't know top there. ten, but you know what? He's going to be a huge riser. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's wow. Green ADP though. When, when AP eventually leaves the team or whatever, maybe we'll, you know we'll what? see. Here's the thing: that but him and Bridgewater are going to have some great years together. I want to see. I want to see really what happens in the. Early on sets of games when they're when they're stacked with the ball up, they're you know either deep or within the, inside the thirty yard line of their own end. How effective and, and when they run play action, who are they looking for? Are they looking for Charles Johnson or are they looking for Mike Walls? I want to see that in the first. That that's if I'm watching uh, the preseason three game for Minnesota, that's all I want to know. I really want to see who is going to be the guy that 
that Norv Turner has as a deep threat in this offense. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting situation, and we'll definitely watch going forward. I'm a huge fan of Johnson. Uh, Brandon LaFell, no. no. John Brown, mm. I, I give John Brown. You know what? Sneaky, not going to do it. Not, not going to do gonna it. Happen. Definitely not going to do it. Top twenty. I bet you he can end up. It's top a possibility. 20. Uh, there's not many other guys here that can. All right, let's move on to the next one. mentioned. Funchess, maybe just being in that no. Calvin Benjamin. Well, no, because of touchdowns, because of his size and the fact that even Greg Olson, it, when he had no one else around, how many touchdowns did Kelvin Benjamin have last year? Nine. Nine. And Greg Olson only had, what, was it five? Six. Six. So, Greg Olson, is, is, he all of a sudden, is Greg Olson all of a sudden going to become a, I, I know, I know it's a big time. Okay, then let's stop trying to say it. I mean, head. was Kelvin Benjamin top ten last year? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, right? <laughs> Go back to the other that's, Cam Newton wasn't that's it. I'm just going to throw out just two other. It's very remote possibilities, but I'm just going to throw out their names uh, because I think that they're they're good sleepers this year. Either way, they're not going to be top ten. But Cody Latimer and um, yeah, if Emmanuel Sanders can't get over his injury because he's still not over his injury, he's going to be the number two guy there. Uh, Brian Quick. Rising up my, uh, definitely rising up my. I noticed that. Why is that? Give give me a give me a thirty seconds. We don't need to. I notice how high you have Quick. Okay, because first of all, Nick Foles is better than the crap that they were throwing out there. When Quick started to come into his own, it was after Bradford. Obviously, Bradford went down early, but Quick was coming into his own with the crap quarterbacks there, and he was putting up some really good numbers for a while there. Um, he has come back from what I hear from this injury, looking even better than he was before. Now he's Nick Foles going. He's definitely the number one guy there, and he, they have some protection going into it with some real running backs. So I, I, I kind of like this situation for him. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to get top ten, but he, I mean, he definitely deserves to be a wide receiver three type uh, conversation guy. I mean, if you have him as your wide receiver four or five, awesome, which is what you're going to get him at. Why is your four or five or even six in some leagues? And you'll be very happy with that production. He could definitely put up wide receivers. He's a numbers. six. You you have him a lot higher than the industry standard. Not Which that, is and I like fine it. With yeah, me. no, and I like it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You're great at picking out those gems. That's why I'm intrigued. When I'm looking, and I'm like, God, he's got quick. This freaking. I just worry. I worry that he's situation. not like going to be at 100. Come, still coming off of that injury. Fact is, is that they they made sure that he got back to 100 percent before they turned him loose, and now they're about to really turn him loose, and he's been looking phenomenal. Well, not yeah. a lot of competition there for him. No, it's true. I mean, through the first four games of the season, his numbers were something like 21 catches out of 31 targets for great. 310 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. And he averaged like, what's that, like 12 and a half fantasy points a game? Yeah. That was also awesome. at the same time, at the rare time that both him and Sam Bradford were healthy. No. Bradford was Bradford. Oh, Bradford was already gone. That's right. Bradford yeah. was gone in the preseason last year. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so awesome. rare that it's, it's I know, not, but it doesn't happen. happen. <laughs> it was, I mean, this was with nobody throwing the ball to him. And, and I mean, I'll, I'm not saying Nick Foles is the next coming, because he's not. But he's better than what they freaking had there. So I'm happy about the situation with, with uh, Quick. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to tight ends and see what we got there. And uh, I think that's a good piece. Uh, hopefully fantasy pros. Is it mad that we just uh, talked about their piece uh, before it was released? But as Stag said before the show when we were doing pre-production, they don't listen to our podcast anyway because they don't seem to want to put the Pyro Podcast Fantasy Football Fire on their podcast directory. Come on, smell us! 
Let's do this. Absolutely. All right, so let's do this for Grandpa Wolfhouse. And for landfill. And Gam Gam? And America. On three. One, two, three. Grandpa Wolfhouse and landfill and Gam Gam and America. All right, tight ends, we're on to them. All right. Um, I'm actually I'm going to let Stank start this one off. Uh, I, I hate this, this this guy who's at 21. And uh, Can we just start with the guy who's at 20, uh, Josh Hill? That's <laughs> your guy. Right? I'd much prefer Josh Hill than to talk about Eric Ebron. We're not going to talk about Eric Ebron. Could so. Eric Ebron finish in the top 20? No. <laughs> Top 10. No. No. I, I, I was extended. Richard Rogers. At 22 is Richard Rogers. Yes. He's moving up for me. He's moving up for everyone just because of the injury, but you want to know what? It's no. not going to be enough to move him into the top top 10. Jared Cook. No. No. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Maybe. You know what? No. I, I, I With a rookie quarterback, with Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson going to get most of the stuff, I just don't see that. Yeah, I think it may be. I don't think so either. The thing is, he's got to put up. You know, maybe he's maybe he steals touchdowns. What was that's the re- that's the real question. The board, the watermark yeah. for a top ten tight end. Yes, is what please. you want to know? That's what I want to know. All right, so I'll look it up. I'll find that for you here. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to get sixty five catches for seven hundred yards and five TDs, and that was last season. Maybe a little low. So seven hundred yards. Five TDs. Could he do that? Sure. I think anybody in the goddamn league could do that. <laughs> if you're looking at a guy and you're saying, God, I like this guy, you that you expect that you should be able to do that. But see, this is the thing that's interesting about tight ends. And I think everyone kind of confuses because the tight end position is the touchdown position. This is the position where you see guys that score a ton of points. Like Josh Hill last year scored a ton of points. How many receiving guys did he have last year? 176? So... You know, when you have a Kyle Rudolph, when he was having his breakout year... 10 touchdowns, 500 yards, or not, 400 no, yards? not even that. I, I want to say it's like 300-something yards. You, you pull it up and you find out. It's ridiculous. Scott how, Chandler, remember what he used to do? It was all with the touchdowns. It's always with the touchdowns. Like, when it was... Um, uh, who was the guy that was on the Bears that had, like, uh, eight touchdowns on the year? It only had, like... Uh, I always talk about it. Kellen uh, Davis? Davis. Yeah, right. He had like 14 catches. But it's like, that's what happens. You have these guys that can be effective because there are very few tight ends. There are more now than there ever have been, but there are not nearly as many tight ends that are 100-plus receiving yards. That's, that's why it's the it's the, uh, the Gronkowski and the rest. Uh, Stags, did you just light one on? Did you just light yourself up? I'm trying to think here. Okay. No, it's when he does. I asked him that before. He always puts his... Shirt over his nose. <laughs> you tapped him. Smelling your own gas. Oh, yeah. It's like, wow. Smell Verde. He perfected the Von Wolfhausen beer recipe. It was the greatest beer in all the world. <laughs> it was the greatest beer. And you're drinking, let's get some more. You're drinking a German beer, too. So. Let's get some more tight ends. Uh, and while you're looking, if you want me to give a little pyro promo, I can. All right, we're going to throw a pyro promo. Obviously, hit us up on iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a four, uh, five-star rating. Oh, uh, asking uh, for four uh, stars now. Oh, hey, our hey, our hey. standards have gotten lower. No, give us a five. Hook us up. If you're not on iTunes, you can do it over on Stitcher or Spreaker. Follow us there. Give us reviews. 
hook it up. We are on Android in that situation. Uh, just make it happen. It's helping. Uh, we just need to, we just need to rise our stature there. On top of that, discuss in the bottom of each of our op eds. There's an easy way for you to log in and comment on our pieces. Please do so. It helps uh, ask us questions. You see, Tenny Stegman. Uh, you don't get the emails. Tenny Stegman went in on a late night, late night Sunday boozing session on some discuss comments. Did he really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I gotta yeah. see that. Oh. We'll check it out. Uh, he, was, he was actually pretty funny. Um, so <laughs> get it. Jump in on there. It's at the bottom of the pages. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. We're on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N. The number one AC. We're always having some good times on both of those. As you saw by our questions and mailbag from earlier, a lot of people are talking and having a good time. Tenny, <laughs> have another bottle of wine. What were you, you know, bottle of wine number three at that point? Oh man, we'll get him, yeah, but, I'm but sure and Carrie put him back. The one thing I am worried about that does mean he's studying a little earlier than usual. Oh, he's he's, he's, he's on pyro studying and doing stuff, and he's actually really good at this stuff. Um, really, really good fantasy baller. Really he, good fantasy baller. Really, really good at it. So if he's studying earlier, the whole league is going to be a bit tougher than usual. Agreed. Because I think the last couple of years he's been swilling them back and not doing too much studying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so dog, one of the guys we, we talked about outside of the top 20 was Austin Safarian Jenkins. And we established that the watermark for a top 10 tight end is 705, give or take. What do you think about ASJ's chances? I, I, I think it's a possibility, yeah. I, the, the thing is is that there's always going to be, to be honest, at the three or four guys that have legitimate, like right there, like right in the 7, 8, 9, 10 region possibilities, maybe they end up 11, 12, 13, 14, but they're right there in that zone. And ASJ has every opportunity to be able to be that guy. Do I think he will be? I think he's still a year or two away. Um, but he's more of a possibility than a lot of the rest of the guys. That's well, I agree. Well, but here's, here's, the, here's the thing again. I, I, the argument that I just am I'm still sold on is that 700 yards for tight ends. These guys, you got to be able, you know, when you're the size that he is, six foot six, 262 pounds. You ain't running away from anybody. But he's athletic. He's athletic, but he only averaged 10.5 yards a catch last year. That's fine for so a tight gets, end. That means he needs to get 70 catches or 68 catches in order to get to 700. That's a hey, it's a team. What, what do rookie uh, yeah, QBs depend on? But rookie quarterbacks also don't throw a lot of touchdowns. If I like, like, hey, I like, like, let's listen, move on. Right. We talked about this That's guy. why you gotta be careful about Mike Evans. Let's talk I know. He'll <laughs> uh, get the majority of it. He did it with Mike Lennon. That's why you gotta like a Doug Martin. Let's talk about more <laughs> tight ends. Uh, none of them were very exciting because now we're getting to the likes of Larry Donnell. Yeah. All right. Let's Darius Green. Let's move on. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Hey, Dog, your favorite. I, you know what? Uh, you know, that's. I'll say this. That was landfill. He was a fat asshole. <laughs> but, um... He was my fat asshole. <laughs> I think we're pretty good on fantasy. I like fantasy. the song in the background. Like, I, I mean, there's maybe <laughs> one guy... Has a Belverde. There's, yes, sir. There's only really one more guy we can talk about on this list. I mean, may, maybe a Benjamin Watson. Benjamin Watson was the same. And maybe a Virgil Green. Virgil Green. Those are the only two that I really think even have 
cases to be made. I, I would agree. Uh, the, and they do have cases to be made, for sure. I mean, Owen Daniels is up, up there in age. Uh, it doesn't have the athleticism as, as uh, Virgil Green has anymore. Um, it's an offense that's going to be using a lot more of two tight end sets, so Virgil will be out there quite a bit. He's a better blocker. Um, the problem is that Owen Daniels is, has been a longtime guy of uh, Kubiak, so who knows what's going to happen there. But I, I don't know. I, I like Virgil Green's chances. He was a guy that I talked up big time when he first came into the league. Um, unfortunately, it was a situation where he was behind a couple of guys, and when you're a rookie, it's tough to get a shot. He's finally getting somewhat of a shot here, and I don't know. He's one of those type of guys that could vault like a Julius Thomas did. You know, could, could vault like a Jordan Cameron when he finally got his chance. You know, when Kelsey finally got in the game. These guys who have supreme athleticism the way a Virgil Green does, I don't know. All you got to do is throw him out there in the offense in the right situation, and all of a sudden, bam, he's a top 10 uh, fantasy uh, tight end there. I, I like his chances more than most of these other guys. It's not every single other guy that we've talked about so far. All right. Cool. Fantasy pros. I'm going to throw a couple, uh, a little thing. Me and Houdini are actually going to do um, either a Merc uh, Cat or a Periscope, maybe both. We're going to try those on Sunday. We're going to do a couple videos for Pyro Pro. In a minute, I'm going to do a Pyro Pro uh, promo here. But I'm going to go around and give a couple guys from each of you right now that are deep sleepers. We've had some games, a couple games underneath our, uh, our, our belts here. We've seen some guys, the depth charts, have some surprises. Is there anyone that's like a deep, deep sleeper? A lot of these people are in dynasty leagues. A lot of people are in, um, have huge leagues and just need that upside sleeper. Who I, I can start off with one that I loved what I was seeing in that Bears game. What was that Saturday night? Uh, they kept just they kept going back to Josh Robinson and they kept going back to him. And I don't know, you know, when you got a Gore who's in his thirties. They they know they're going to be in the playoffs. They're not. I think they're going to give a lot Gore a lot of run, but there's going to be a lot of spelling moments. And Boom Boom Heron might be the, the the running back too right now. But after seeing that undrafted rookie and um, or, or was he drafted actually? No, uh, dra- no, Josh Robinson was drafted. Okay. I think it was uh, fifth or sixth round. I was thinking about the other guy in the Ravens, but yeah, Josh Robinson. I loved what I was seeing out of that guy. He kept going. He had that little like. It was almost like a mixture of MJD and Frank Gore, his body, uh, where he, he's kind of that bowling ball, but he's actually still got, he, he kind of looked a little bit like Trent Richardson, but he actually hits holes, and uh, it looked like he really was working his bums off to get a contract. I've, I've been talking him up uh, you know, ever since they drafted him. I'm, I've been a huge fan of his, and he's in a perfect situation. Perfect. Boom Heron is, is not all that much. He happened to be in the right place at the right time there. I mean, he was sitting there at fourth on the depth chart in Cincinnati for a couple of years. Uh, he's he's never been all that. Josh Robinson has some skills, uh, and he's in a great situation being in the, in a high, high-powered offense behind, you know, I mean, first of all, Boom Heron, who, like I said, is a, you know, a, a fourth on the depth chart type of guy, just happens to be second now because of injuries and situation. But Frank Gore, who's older and can't handle as much of a load anymore. Josh Robinson should be getting his due. And I think he will. I think he's a great deep, deep sleeper to grab. If Gore happens to go down, I, I like his chances to make a real impact. In that offense, we saw you just throw somebody out there in that offense and they have an impact. A la Boomer last year. Love it. 
uh, stag party. Who's a who's a deep sleeper? Uh, and if if you need more time, you got a deep sleeper you want to throw at us? Yeah. What about a Travis Benjamin? There's no one else, and this guy's just got that you know elite deep speed to where he could eventually break a couple. He might be one of those guys who's not owned in a lot of leagues, who suddenly just shows flashes. Because he gets on the field as a number two, as a number three, as a number four, and puts up 50-yard gains. Either through Yak, he's going to be the punt returner, so he's going to make some electric plays there. So, you know, deep, 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 the only Browns receiver I would consider owning. It's, it's um... No. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, I love the contemplation, and I have liked his skills for quite some time. But you're talking about a bronze receiver on a team with a, a quarterback that can't hey, dog, throw we're as far deep, as he can run. Deep. Yeah. Uh, deep. Let me, let me, let me. I do love his talent, though. I wish he was on a different team. Uh, it's just the team that he's on that hampers his abilities. Who's your guy? Let me try to appease Dog Mountain. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is a guy who has been around the league, is not a sexy pick by any stretch of the imagination, but has had problems with staying healthy. But if he can stay healthy, is in a decent position. There is a rookie that's ahead of him that is going about four rounds earlier. I'm talking about a guy who can still take it to the house, Cecil Shorts the third. Yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, he's actually climbed up my board a little bit. He's been showing really well in camp. Um, he made a great long touchdown in the first uh, preseason absolutely. game. Absolutely. Um, the, the only, again, the, uh, there's another problem here. First of all, Nate Washington is more consistent uh, of a receiver in that Houston offense. That's what they need other than um, their, their main guy. Nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they need somebody consistent on the other side there. And it's not to say that Cecil can't hold his own. But the fact of the matter is it's not a passing offense anyway. No, but at the same time, without Arian Foster at the beginning, you're going to have to lean on the pass more. A little bit You're more. going to have Jalen sure. Strong, who came in late to the whole thing as I've been watching the Hard Knocks, um, which has actually been really good with the Houston Texans, by the way. This has been entertaining. Uh, he's behind. So he's starting to, get, to catch on, whatever. But it's going to take a little bit. You're going to lean on your veterans early because you want to win games early in the year because you still think you have a chance. Yeah. So... Cecil Shorts is going to be a guy, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get all the attention in that offense, and now ODB is struggling with it in his end. How is DeAndre Hopkins going to deal with it now that he doesn't have Andre Johnson out there Agreed. as a protector, and now he's the protector for other guys? Agreed. So, and Cecil Shorts at least has been around the league and, and shown that he can make big plays. Yeah, and there's the, yeah two other reasons that it, you know to be a Shorts proponent here. Uh, first of all, they just for some reason they used to use him a lot, but they don't use the tight end very much. Okay, yeah. so you need a guy that can get over the middle, which Shorts can do. He's a very, very good over the middle type of guy. Um, granted, he gets injured a little too much for my liking, but he still can get over the middle and make some, uh, make some moves and make things happen there. Um, second of all, Jalen Strong, who was drafted rather high to be the opposite side there, has been injured the whole freaking preseason, basically. He hasn't been able to do anything. And if you're injured and you don't get the system yet and you don't have reps within the system, it's going to take you a while to get into it, especially when you got two veterans like Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts ready to pick up that slack. Isn't that tough, too, right? When you're a rookie and you have veterans ahead of you, you know, guys who understand what happens and how you have to operate in the league, you may be drafted at this point in time, but nothing is given to you. Exactly. And those veterans are there to help you. And if, you know, he... 
from the hard knocks. He's not like he's really reaching out to those guys extremely much that uh, that much either. Hmm. Um, who's your nice one? Who's your uh, deep sleeper, dog? Who are you thinking? Um, I mean, there's another guy I wouldn't mind throwing out here. It's not even so much a deep sleeper, but I, I like the potential within this offense simply because that third receiver was starting to really come on with Indy, with Dante Moncrief. Mm-hmm. But Moncrief's been passed by. It's a Philip Dorsett. That guy is freaking electric. That guy has T.Y. Hilton written all over him. All right, That guy can be the next T.Y. Hilton in that offense, if need be, if they happen to lose T.Y. Yeah. eventually here. How tall is Dorsett? 5'11". 5'10"? Really? 5'11". Now, what's crazy is... This is the NFL. It's ever-changing, right? No one says what everything else is. You can go out. What if you line up T.Y. Hilton? Like, it's obviously going to be next year because Andre Johnson's there right now. But T.Y. Hilton and Philip Dorsett with Dante Moncrief. Ben. That'd be sick. Ben. How tall is Dante Moncrief? 6'2". Okay, so he's the tall one. That out sounds of like one of Stag's drafting strategies. Right. But, but who's to say? Mad. You know, NFL it's almost like you're, that's like a, they're building almost like an arena football team. <laughs> In, in in Indy, it's true. It's true, and, and I love it. I, yeah, I, and I don't know if you've heard this said before, but the NFL is a passing league. I know. That's why they grab the backs. And the beautiful thing that you saw with the luck, you know, just talk about why he's so great in that game. They had all those weapons out there at the three four yard line. Leap. Not looking at anybody. Right. Not looking at anybody. Running the whole time in a preseason game. That guy is going to be throwing in five touchdowns on the ground this year. Lutsky, good times. But because I he can read defenses just as good as any of the best quarterbacks in the league. And what he has better than any of those great quarterbacks who could read defenses, he has the legs to be able to do that anytime he wants. Aaron Rodgers was doing that more earlier in his career, but Aaron Rodgers is not built like Andrew Luck. No. Andrew Luck can take a hit. Yeah. I think there, there, there's something I've actually noticed. I, I wanted to mention this. Yeah. All right. Uh, about starting quarterbacks. The guys who end up playing 16 games every single year, you ever notice that they're the nice guys? <laughs> Eli Manning, quiet, unassuming, nice guy. Looks like somebody took a poop out of his face. Saying, Pretty much. You're saying guys don't hurt the Joe guys Flacco. who are the nice guys? Andrew Luck. It congratulates people when he, they sack him. Right, so did, so did Favre, but people like to sack the hell out of Favre. Yeah, Favre is a whole other big story. And then but those like, guys, they last 16 games every single year. That's a good point. That's and good then point. when it's RG3, they target the knees. Absolutely. Brady, the same Bradford must be a real coxswain. Matt Ryan, nice guy. Bradford is resented. Bradford is resented be, by being the last guy who got the most ridiculous BS contract. Yeah, his, his were fluky injuries, but but no, the Terrell Suggs thing. The uh, true, yes, that's, that's right. That's what we're talking. We yes, said yes, before. Yes, yes. Cam Newton, his rookie contract, twenty-two million. Sam Bradford, the year before, seventy-one. Yeah. <laughs> also, Sam Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford. I'm sorry to too. tell you that you're on Chip Kelly's team. So don't expect to get any any, any type of yeah. like, relief from anybody out there. They're all coming to kill you. Yep. Well, I think this has been a good show. 
Uh, good stuff all around. Uh, good deep sleepers. Answered a lot of mailbags. Thanks for sending those things in. I'm going to close out with another super grass, but first I'm going to do a little talk. For those of you that have, uh, will listen in at 2 hours and 40 minutes, which is most of you, we love you. I'm going to talk about Pyro Pro. We've been talking about it on previous shows, but as of today, we finally fixed a, a weird login uh, issue that we were having. A lot of people are, everything's going golden grams for them. If, if you're one of those people, uh, awesome, you're enjoying it. I'm getting feedback. People are loving it. But sign up. Tomorrow we'll have an op-ed piece up that will show you what you get with Pyro uh, Pro and what you get if you don't do Pyro Pro. Starting basically tomorrow, we're going to start putting up paywall uh, restrictions on certain pieces of content. Uh, it's a different, it's a different day for us. You know, we've actually had a ton of people sign up without promoting it that much. And thank you if you're the early adopters. Um, we're going to a premium con content model. There's going to be a lot of free stuff up there. I'm actually going to put up a content uh, pipeline of what's free and what's not as another op-ed piece to let you guys know. Um, just really exciting. You can sign up for a week, you can sign up for five bucks, you can sign up for a month for ten bucks, or you can sign up for an entire year for forty bucks. Uh, we're really filling it up, making it and enhancing things. The four com uh, strong components of Pyro Pro are second opinions. You can ask us a question, as many as you want, um, directly. Um, and, and, and we will answer it within uh, 24 hours. The other element, your, your player rankings of players that you pre-choose, you can choose up to 30 player, fantasy football players, the, your player rankings on a weekly basis, anytime something's updated, is in your dashboard timeline, and if we update it, it goes to the top. We've got news feeds in there, which is information and little nuggets and up-to-date news stories about your players that show up in your uh, timeline as well, which is awesome. And then we got the resource toolbox, which, God, you looked at that thing, Stags? I don't know if you looked at it. There's a lot of content. I know you looked at it. Have you looked at it? You have you seen it? There's a ton of stuff there already, and we're not even done yet there. That thing is freaking awesome. So, uh, Jerk. Do you know what's in there? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I'm, I'm shocked. And we're going to keep on adding uh, video, cast, vi video cast videos. Well, me and Houdini, as I said, are going to be doing a few of them this weekend. There's just going to be this content and this ability for you to really get that pyro mind share uh, that is just not going to be available on the pyro free anymore. And we're fired up. We're making these enhancements with our developer every day. I put up things and the guys put up little posts in base camp and we say, hey, this is working every day. Like just enormous amounts of things get done. It's unbelievable as opposed to when we had uh, our developer working moonlighting hours. The stuff took 10 days, 2 weeks, little stuff. Now you, you post it the next day up live. So amazing, amazing days happening here and we're really excited. Pyro Pro. If you love Pyro and you've been listening to us and you're getting this free action from us forever, we're happy about it. We're going to happy to give you still free stuff if one you don't want to pay for premium or one you can't afford it. Any of these types of things, talk to us about that if that's the case. But we're ready. We're ready to drop the uh, drop drop this on you, and you need it. It's an in-season beast for you week to week. Here's the biggest part: in-season where we dominate with weekly rankings. And especially because we have all those stuff in there on your dashboard as well, where we're addressing daily fantasy as well. Look, SOS, right. how, many, how many points? Uh, You're no longer going to be able to come on the free site and get the entire rankings. It's not happening. you got to pay for it. But Five guys you'll get in the pyro free. That's it. 
Top you five want you want the things that are going to help you dominate all the way through. And those of you who are the daily fantasy betters, you know you need us. Get on this. This is the easiest money you've ever spent. All the write-ups, all the numbers, all the rankings, everything you need is all within it. And to get it all the way through to the end, it's just a couple bucks. It's really not all that big of a deal. A um, couple things. One, let me know on Sunday. I think I might be able to make it That'd be awesome. to do a couple videos or That'd something. That'd be awesome. Second, you know me. i got to throw out a couple more. Uh, of those deep, deep sleepers, deep sleepers. I, you know I, I'm just going to throw Fair out enough. the names oh. Leonard Hankerson Danny Amendola, Still like Amendola James Jones like I mentioned earlier and Michael Campanero I like him for the Baltimore Ravens Give, uh, it, it, without a solid second receiver there without um, uh, the rookie Perriman uh, being there in camp and stuff Campanero is making a name for himself again makes a wicked Tony. yeah baby <laughs> alright Nice. Well, awesome stuff. Check that stuff out. Good job, boys. Another good show. We're ready to fire up. Supergrass. The Strange Ones. We love you, Pyros. Let's do it. Drafts are close. Baby.
mom. Mm. It's magical. It's laughing at me. I wish I could brush my teeth with it. Mm. I want to put my dick in it. I want it to put its dick in me. Mm. I wish it were winter. We could make it into ice blocks and skate on it. Mm. And then melt it in the springtime and drink it. Mm.